This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Thursday, September 29th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Hurricane Ian left a path of destruction in southwest Florida, trapping people in flooded homes, damaging the roof of a hospital intensive care unit, and knocking out power to 2 million people before aiming for the Atlantic coast. One of the strongest hurricanes to ever hit the United States barreled across the Florida peninsula overnight Wednesday, threatening catastrophic flooding inland, the National Hurricane Center warned. The center's 2 a.m. advisory said Ian was expected to emerge over Atlantic waters later Later on Thursday, with flood uh, flooding rains continuing across central and northern Florida, in uh, Port Charlotte along Florida's Gulf Coast, the storm surge flooded a lower-level emergency room in a hospital as fierce winds ripped away part of the roof from its intensive care unit. Water gushed into uh, the ICU, <clears throat> forcing staff to evacuate the hospital's sickest patients, some of them who were on ventilators, to other floors. Uh, the law, law enforcement officials in nearby Fort Myers received calls from people trapped in flooded homes or from worried relatives. Ian dropped a dropped in strength by late Wednesday to a Category 1 with 90 miles per hour winds as it moved uh, over land. Still, storm surges as high as 6 feet were expected on the opposite side of the state in northeast Florida on Thursday. Hurricane force winds are expected across central Florida through early Thursday with widespread catastrophic flooding likely, the Hurricane Center said. No deaths were reported in the United States from Ian. Uh, this was by late Wednesday, but a boat carrying Cuban immigrants, uh, Cu- sorry, Cuban migrants sank Wednesday in stormy weather uh, east of Key West. The United States Coast Guard initiated a search and rescue mis- mission for 23 and managed to find three survivors about two miles south of the Florida Keys. Four other Cubans swam to Stock Island just east of Key West, uh, the United States Border Patrol said. Air crews continued to search for a possible 20 remaining migrants. Uh, more than two million Florida homes and businesses are are left without power. Nearly every home and business in three counties, they said, are without power. Yeah, I was talking to my uh, my mom and sister last night as this, as the it was coming through their area. So they're in St. Petersburg. Right. It looked like the uh, the eye of the hurricane hit more towards Naples, kind of that area. Yeah. Which is yeah. South of there. Not super duper far south, but, you know, they were getting hit with the full force of the hurricane. Uh, well, not maybe not the full force, but I was talking to my sister. She's like, "Yeah, it was. Uh, it didn't. It didn't get as bad as we thought it was going to get. Well, that's good. And oh, it good. was more like a tropical storm where they were. Naples. And of course, they're not right on the. Uh, I mean, they're very close to uh, the ocean or or the you know uh, the open waters, uh, but uh, it didn't rise up in their area. Now I saw the footage you guys all saw. Right, right, that yeah, were yeah. Completely, you know." wiped out uh, as far as uh, storm surges go and, and wind and all that stuff. But it just depended on where you were uh, when this all happened. It's so know? crazy. Yeah, you mentioned Naples. And Naples seemed to get a little bit more. Uh, but also you pointed out yesterday, personally, I did not see it until this morning, but uh, Tampa Bay had that that yeah, the water that push of water out. Yeah, yeah it's it crazy. It's, it's they showed marinas insane. where the boats were just on mud, essentially. Did you see the footage? It was a residential street with a shark swimming <gasps> up in. Yeah, no, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, that's what they said. They people need to be careful because there were people that were out um, watching. I saw they were in the keys and they pretty much were just standing on like what would have been a pier, I guess, and right. uh, you know was covered in water. But um, officials are saying you need to be careful because there's you know there's alligators, yeah, um, there's everything. Yeah, uh, I guess. Shark, yeah, yeah. they said, and, and you're going to see loads of of idiot videos uh, popping up today. I saw people literally going into the storm surge, and it like 
you know, the, uh, these waves were gigantic and yeah. they were crashing into these people. And they could easily, one of them could just sweep you out and you're going. Jet skiing. And you're done. People jet surfing. Uh, we, I was showing Kathy these, this the house gets struck by lightning five times in a row. Mm. I mean, it's like boom, 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 like wow. over and over. And these people are just sitting there. Oh, wow. They're outside. <laughs> something's on fire. Yeah, something's on fire. It's not like one of the Kardashians. Right, right, like, right. You know, uh, 500 <laughs> yards away from this whole thing. And water but... conducts electricity. So mm-hmm. you've got to be careful. There was um, a shopping center they showed this morning on 6ABC. And, uh, I mean, the water was up past the doors to get into any of the stores. I you... mean, it was just the roof showing. It's crazy because our home office, right, Naples is the home office yeah. of of Beasley, and um, uh, you know, we talked to uh, the people who come in from from down there, and they, you know, it's years after a storm hits, they are still correcting and changing yeah. and rebuilding. Yeah. This is going to be well, and, and a, you know, the, the damage will be around for a long time. Uh, you know, obviously, there's residents down there, and and you know, they're going to get the brunt of it. But a lot of uh, people vacation there, so it's like you know, yeah. it's oh, yeah. like vacation spots right. are destroyed now. Yep. Uh, this is a terrible story. An 82-year-old man was attacked and carjacked outside the Willow Grove Park Mall in Montgomery County earlier this month. Police say it happened at 8.15 on Saturday, September 10th, as the victim was finished shopping. According to the Abington Township Police Department, the victim was walking through the parking lot towards his truck when he was approached from behind by two male teenage suspects. Police say one of the suspects struck the 82-year-old man in the back of the head with a hard object. They say they forced the victim to the ground and told him, this is a holdup, give us all of your money. The suspects then grabbed a gift that the victim had purchased for his wife and the keys to his truck. The duo fled in the vehicle described as a red 2008 Ford Ranger two-door pickup truck with a ladder rack in the bed and a Pennsylvania license plate of YVG 3700. Police released surveillance images of the suspects on Wednesday and the Abington Township Police Department is asking for information if you have any on the suspects or the truck to please contact them. In sports this morning. No, no, wait. Oh, 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 We got you, Kathy. Nobody noticed. <laughs> the hurricane story was so long. I Thanks, Nick. You're right, Nick. Nobody noticed. No one noticed. Thank you. We go down to WMR where a the sports broadcast <laughs> erupted into chaos. The professional crew scrambled to quickly get back on track. Good. Philadelphia Not po- one listener could tell something was wrong. <laughs> the professional crew. <laughs> yep, that's us. Okay, Philadelphia Police. <laughs> And I wish that the third story was a little happier, but there's literally nothing. There's nothing out there. There was one story that I saw, but Preston At least we're going to have good weather this week. (laughs) Preston has it in entertainment news, so I couldn't even use that. All right, all right. I know. Now we're going to see the the remnants of it. I I could have probably given you a lighter story or something if you had. That's all right. Listen, this is um, a good thing in, you know, after a tragedy. So Philadelphia police plan to increase security efforts after a shooting left one teen dead and four others wounded outside of Roxborough. High School 
on Tuesday. The shooting happened after a football scrimmage involving several teams. Police asked the school district to provide a list of all scrimmage dates and times so that they can form a plan to protect them. They already provide security at football games, but they will now have officers in nearby zones drop in on games to ensure safety. Our schools, our after-school activities, these have to be safe havens. These are the alternative to the streets, said District Attorney Larry Krasner during a news conference on Wednesday. While police look to uh, look at security concerns for after-school programs, city officials uh, pointed to guns as the problem and said combating this kind of crime will be difficult. As long as guns are flowing into the city and this state the way they are, it's going to be a heavy lift, said Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney. Okay, now in sports this morning. The Phillies lost again by 4 2 to the Cubs last night. You'll have to love playing this. Aaron Nola gave up Christopher Morel's three run home run in the fifth inning, and the Phillies lost their fourth straight game. Trying for their first playoff appearance since. Since 2011, the Phils are just a half a game ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers for the third uh, National League wild card. Uh, the series against the Cubs wraps up this afternoon. Ranger Suarez will get the start. The first pitch will be at 2:20. Brandon Graham was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week on Sunday. He had two and a half sacks, his most in three years. The Eagles have had a Player of the Week following each of the first three games this season. Mm. Uh, Zach McPherson won it for special teams in Week One, and Darius Slay on defense in Week Two. In preseason hockey, the Flyers lost to the Washington Capitals 3-1 last night in South Philly. Their next preseason game is on Saturday afternoon in Boston against the Bruins. The puck will drop at 1 o'clock and the game will be broadcast here on WMMR. And in tonight's Thursday night football matchup, the Miami Dolphins will travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Kickoff is scheduled for 8-15. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks, Kat. So the majority of the week, we're working our way through it. We have more money to give away. You who loot is happening again today, 8 and 10 a.m. We get it started and then it goes on to noon and uh, 3 and 5. So... Make sure you enter. Make sure you uh, don't miss out on your opportunity to win $1,000 today. It'd be pretty nice. We have some guests joining us on the program, too. First of all, Dr. Mike is coming yeah, hey, by hey, hey, in hey. our studio for our annual flu shots. And, uh, you know, if we have some time, we'll, we'll talk uh, medical stuff with Dr. Mike. There's a couple Mike. stories you've yeah. reported on that we have questions about, and yep. uh, he's the man. So we'll talk to uh, Dr. Mike in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we also have, or a little bit before that, and we'll see, anyhow, leading up to the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Charlie Manuel stopping by today. That's awesome. Uh, he will be in our studio. His wife, Missy, is coming with him. And uh, Charlie's going to be signing autographs and taking pictures at uh, the Monkey's Uncle on Wednesday, October 5th. And uh, there's uh, an event going on. We'll find out more about that with he and his wife when they come by today, which is cool. Uh, we're also going to have Dana Carvey on the show. Mm-hmm. Dana Carvey is performing at Parks Casino on uh, the 1st, on October 1st. What is it? This day after? Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, tickets are on sale, and he is awesome. So we're looking forward to having him on later today. And we also have... An announcement to make about a show coming up, and I want to go ahead and make an announcement now. We did it yesterday, but uh, Kathy's Fall Activities. Yes. 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 Uh, Yes. Monday. Yes. 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 Monday, we will be uh, be swimming in all kinds of fall activities, so I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while since we've heard that little jingle, Kyle Mack. (laughs) 
activities. Yeah, we have a few different ones. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll use them all. Yes, we should. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah, I hope hey, so. Hey, listen, and I have um, like some cool added stuff this year, like coupon codes that people Whoa. can use to get discounts to any of these attractions. So, yeah, make sure this. you listen. Ooh, yeah. All right. We're looking forward to that. That's on Monday. Then we'll get all of them. So, don't miss out on that. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. Let's come back in a second. As Kathy said, there was an entertainment report uh, story that could have been a news story as well. I'll get to that. Uh, and a stupid question and some other goodies when we come back right after this. Stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Celebrate the coziest season with Acme. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all your seasonal favorites. Make the most of fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Acme's here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. You'll find fresh inspiration, chef-curated recipes, on-demand cooking classes, and more just waiting to be enjoyed. So slow down and fall into flavor at acmemarkets.com slash fall. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's give some away. We have a stupid question, and we're going to set you up with a pair of, actually, a four-pack of tickets for WWE's Extreme Rules, Wells Fargo Center, on Saturday the 8th. Uh, The question that I have for you is, in Olympic swimming, how many official strokes or styles are there? 215-263-WMMR, Casey and Kathy, you guys should know this. In Olympic swimming, how many official strokes or styles are there? 215-263-WMMR. I will mention birthdays while we wait for your call. Thursday, September 29th, we'll start with uh, TV host and sportscaster Bryant Gumbel. I thought it was. I thought it was birthday a little while ago. It might have been Greg Gumble's birthday, probably. And th- there's the huge Gumble family. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Bryant Gumble is uh, 74 years old today, uh, and uh, yep, he's known to be a bit of a jerk, but he's great at what he does. He really is. Yeah, yeah the real sports. informed and authoritative. Yep. Yeah, real sports is really good. He doesn't yes. do any of the journalism there. He no. Is, I guess maybe he's just the host and producer but, behind it, but. Yeah. I love that show. Me too. Listen, I'm not a big sports guy, and that show is more about human beings and uh, and people and their relationships with each other and what sports means to them. And uh, it's just a it's great journalism. I love that program. Uh, so he is 74 today. Jill Whelan, who played oh. Vicky Steubing, yes, on the Love Boat, yes, is 56 years old. You know, today. Captain Steubing didn't know she was his daughter. Yeah, Wait, what? And then found out. Like how how far into it? Uh, it was a little while into Vicky making her appearance on no the show. Kidding. Yeah, well, she was underage. How did she end up oh being on that boat in the first place? So she's she, I believe. I don't know the he Thought she was his niece. Oh, one of right, those. right. But okay, yeah. <laughs> so many questions. Like, then whose daughter was she? His brothers? His sisters? I forget the complexities of that. All I know is that my heart sang when I found out. All Which right. means that his brother either banged the same person or his sister. Oh, I, I'm, I'm confused. Perhaps yeah. it was an immaculate conception. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I didn't know there were so many plot twists on Love Boat. Yeah. Well, it yeah. it so makes Pulp Fiction look like Good Burger. <laughs> all right. Wow. Yeah, there's time shifts and all kinds oh, of stuff. There's yeah. a multiverse yeah, yeah, where Isaac is the captain. What? <laughs> Uh, so, so Jill Whelan, uh, Vicky Stubing is 56 today. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay has his birthday. He is. Uh, 
65 today. Oh, um, I forgot about this. That, that's him in there going, oh, that's yeah. a sample of him. Uh, I, it was great having him in the studio. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you remember when that stuff broke? I do. Yeah, it was I was huge. all on board. Yeah. I was uh, I was just, it was raw and dirty and just uh, over-the-top characteristic uh, misogyny. And right. He you, was, yeah. Did you watch uh, the, it was the Rodney Dangerfield hosted uh, Young Comedian yeah. special on HBO. That's the first time awesome. I'd ever seen him. Yeah. And it was off and running. Yeah, I saw him on that. Uh, he is uh, 65 today. Uh, Ian McShane, uh, Deadwood's Al Swearingen. He's great. Uh, celebrates uh, a milestone birthday today. He's 80 years old today. Wow. Winston in uh, Wick, right? That's yes, right. Yeah. Yep, correct. Uh, he's awesome. Shut the f*** up, huh? That's him. You suck my d- and shut the f*** Jeez. up. He huh? had perhaps the, mo- the the coarsest dialogue of any character in Deadwood. He was great. Yes. Yep, yep, you're right. Uh, Erica Laniac, uh, she was a Playboy Playmate, and then she was in an actress. She was on Baywatch. Uh, she was in Under Siege she was as good. well. Yep, yeah, I agree. And then she played Ellie May in that terrible Beverly Hillbillies movie. God, she was stunning in it. Ernest played Jed Clampett, right? Yep. Uh, she is 50. And Cloris Leachman played Granny. That's right. They actually were good actors uh, in that Lily movie. Tomlin was Jane Hathaway. That's Diedrich right. Bader is a great comedic yeah. actor. Yeah. And he's in that movie, too. She's the little girl. Girl in uh, ET that Ellie kisses. Ah, oh, that's right. Yes. She, yeah. Wow. Uh, she is uh, fifty-three years old. I today. did her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got those fingers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh you my know. god. Yeah. Came at her math. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was a child. At the time. Oh, jeez. He was talking about later I'm, in life. I planet. She's legal by nine yeah. years. Yeah. He waited. Like a gentleman. I'm moving on. Yes. Uh, speaking of underage, Jerry Lee Lewis has his oh, birthday. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he had a, he was, was he married to his 13-year-old yes, cousin? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, he is, uh, he's one of the all-time greats in the world of rock and roll, but when that happened, people were like, hang on a second there, dude. If, <laughs> if only he had been more pious like his brother. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Swaggart. Uh, he's also a cousin of uh, Mickey Gilly, who passed yes. away, I think, last year. I'm not sure. Uh, so Jerry Lewis is, wow, 87 years old today. The killer, as they called him. Uh, Cindy Morgan, who played Lacey Underall <laughs> in Caddyshack. Uh, she was also in the movie Tron. She was the, the female lead in that movie as she, well. She, her, actually, if you ever hear her talk about those movies and about working on Caddyshack and Tron... She's um, she's got a good attitude. She had a good time. She okay. was kind of a, like a, a babe in the woods. She didn't quite know, you know. She was new to the movie industry, mm-hmm. but both those movies were a lot of fun, and she has some some good, you know, behind the scenes stuff. She's she the mama. one. Uh, wait, I, I'm sorry. I... <laughs> hey, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Danny's like girlfriend? Who's that chick? No, he, no, no. That's the gal from uh, Animal House. Uh, she was. Uh, she played the the underage girl. Yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. No, it's, she's, she's right. She was underage. Uh-huh. A different uh-huh. time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, he, but Danny ends up uh, banging her in, in Judge Smale's house. Right. Uh, Correct. Yeah. And that's when. Um, uh, the judge comes home and right. finds him there, and yeah, the whole thing. So anyhow, Cindy Morgan. Right. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. 60 years old today. Uh, Steve, one of your favorites, Mike Post. Oh, yeah. Has his birthday today. Composer. And I mean, 
In the 19, uh, especially the 80s and 90s, he wrote everything, man. He wrote uh, the uh, the score for um, Hill Street, Hill Blues. Street Blues, the A-Team, Rockford, Rockford Files. The Greatest American Hero. Uh, Magnum, which we just yeah. heard. Uh, Chips, Doogie Howser, yep. NYPD Blue, and uh, Law and Order as well. I mean, he's just a machine. I would pop that cassette into my uh, Craig uh, uh, cassette player in my Dodge Dart. No yeah. one could, no one could catch me, Preston. Uh, so he turns seventy-eight years old today. So happy birthday to Mike Post, the great composer of this Rockford Files. Yeah. Come yeah, on, man! Yeah, one of the best theme songs ever. I love Rockford Files. Using that Moog synthesizer. All right, and the last birthday, I love this guy. And I, yeah. I, I think we have talked to him before, but I'd love to get him in the studio. Zachary Levi. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and after all, Shazam, they, they did shoot part of it in Philadelphia. It takes place in Philadelphia. And part two. Yeah, I uh, saw they, the... they only did uh, a short amount of filming here, but you saw a case? I saw a trailer for it uh, the other night before the movie I saw, and there's a great scene on the Ben Franklin Bridge. I'm like, oh, no hey, kidding. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all right. Really would love to get Zachary Levi in here. And th- last night with my daughter, we were watching Tangled. He's uh-huh. Flynn Rider. Yeah. He's awesome in He's there. He's got a great voice. I had no idea it was him until I guess it was maybe the, the Oscars where they had people perform the best the songs, songs and yeah. stuff. And he was on stage singing with Mandy Moore. And I was love like, it. that was that. Okay. That's uh, Chuck. Also, Thor, The Dark World, and uh, the Kurt Warner uh, story. Anybody yes. see that movie Underdog? Yet? No. I haven't seen it. So, uh, anyhow, uh, love Zach Levi. He is 42 today. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the super question in Olympic swimming. How many official strokes or styles are there? And we're going to go to our first caller in, and it is Josh. Hey, Josh, good morning. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is a hearty yeah, yoo-hoo, okay. Josh. Congratulations. All right, so how many official strokes in Olympic swimming are there? Four. Yeah, great. Yeah. All right, Kathy, name the four. Uh, freestyle, breaststroke, backstroke, butterfly. Those are it. Yeah, wow. Casey knew the answer as well. Josh, we are going to set you up with a four-pack of tickets. Catch WWE's biggest superstars during WWE Extreme Rules at Wells Fargo Center on Saturday, October 8th. And tickets are on sale now at Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com. Yeah! Uh, we're going to start with uh, sad news. Rapper Coolio died yesterday in Los Angeles. Oh, he was 59 yeah. years old. Yeah, came out of nowhere. Uh, the Grammy winner was found dead while he was in the bathroom at a friend's house. Uh, uh, police said that there were no signs of foul play or drugs or anything like that. I mean, they're obviously going to do a an autopsy, but... They preliminarily are suggesting it was a heart attack. Yeah, so the rapper, whose legal name is Artis Levon Ivy Jr., was visiting a friend late Wednesday afternoon, went to the bathroom after staying inside for an extended period. Uh, the friend went inside and found him on the floor. Uh, the friend reportedly called EMTs, who arrived and pronounced the musician dead on the scene from what they suspected was a cardiac arrest. An official cause of death has not been stated as of yet. We have, we've got to have gangsters paradise in there, don't we? Can you believe I we don't surprised. have any? We don't have any Coolio. What? Wow. None. I thought you've played it before. I, I thought so, so too. Well, yeah. we played Amish Paradise. We I, have that crap. I'm not going to play that. <laughs> not when uh, Coolio passed no. away. No. No, 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 no. Um, Against Paradise. And you know what song I always dug is Fantastic Voyage. Yeah, that we slide, got that. Slide, slide, slippity slide. Yeah, this is a tune. 
I actually saw him in concert. You did, really? A few years ago in Atlantic City. Uh, it was like a um, it was like a nineties uh, festival tour. Yeah, they, he was there. Salt and Pepper, Vanilla Ice. That's Dude, it was good. so much fun. And the thing about Coolio, I was, I was blown away by, is during the show, during another band's performance, he came out into the crowd, and all of a sudden you just see this like stir, this this beehive of activity. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, Coolio's over there. And so I ran over there real quick, and you're like, kind of yeah. slapped him on the back and tried to take a selfie, and he was just kind of hanging out with everybody. He was getting mobbed. Oh, by you'd imagine. Uh, when he came over, this is a straight One thing um, he always said is that um, for him, his career took off when he was a little bit older, and he feels that helped him avoid a lot of the pitfalls. Ah, mm. yeah, okay. Uh, Los Angeles area native, of course, 1995, he won a Grammy. Uh, for Gangsta's Paradise, which topped the U.S. charts that year and remains one of the best-selling singles of all time. And he, he did have a uh, an issue with Weird Al yeah. and uh, using uh, the song for Amish Paradise. There he got was over he, it. He, eventually, yeah, but yeah. he was reticent. But yeah. that is just, uh, that's sad news. I sent this over to you, Preston. Um, uh, uh, Steve, they, he was specifically asked about that a few years later, and he completely apologized. He was like, I was right. wrong, I was being cocky, I was, uh, and he was like, you know, somebody should have told me that I was being kind of an idiot. Right, so, right. So he gained a much healthier perspective about his, his quote-unquote beef with Weird Al. And he's like, huh. Weird Al was, you know, sampling Michael Jackson, some of the greatest people of all time. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I shouldn't have taken it seriously. So right. it was really cool well, to see him come around on it. Let me read this verbatim, Nick. He said, you know, somebody asked if he was still had beef with, uh, with Weird Al. He goes, F no, man. I let that go so long ago. Let me say this. I apologize to Weird Al. A long time ago, and I was wrong. Y'all remember that. Everybody out there who reads this, real men and real people should be able to admit when they are wrong, and I was wrong. He said, come on, who the F am I, man? Uh, he did parodies of Michael Jackson. He did parodies of all kinds of people, and I took offense to it because I was being cocky and being stupid, and I was wrong, and I should have embraced that. And went with it. And I listened to it a couple of years after that. And it's actually funny as S. <laughs> it's one of those things where I made a wrong call and nobody stopped me. That's one thing I'm still upset about. My management at the time. Somebody should have stopped me from making the statement because it was dumb. And I think it hurt me a little bit. And it made me seem stupid. Uh, it's a, oh, man. If, you have, you, if you have never... If you claim you've never made a mistake in your life, oh, yeah. you're lying. Yeah. That's sad news, yeah. man. Coolio. So yeah, very much so. We'll find out more about that as the story develops. Um, this was unfortunate news, too. Katie Couric announced Wednesday she's been undergoing treatment for breast cancer. Uh, Couric, right. who is 65, began her most recent Instagram post by sharing a startling statistic that every two minutes a woman is diagnosed with a disease in the United States. And then she wrote, on June 21st, I became one of them. As we approach Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I wanted to share my personal story with you all and encourage you to get screened and understand that you may fall into a category of women who needs more than a mammogram. I know I, mean, I know so many women, um, you know, women close to me and friends who have had breast cancer and and. I'm happy to say uh, post-treatment, they're all doing very well. But it's, um, yeah, it, it is startling. She was talking about when she found out, she said, I felt sick and the room started to spin. I was in the middle of an open office, so I walked to a corner and spoke quietly, my mouth unable to keep up with the questions swirling in my head. Uh, she said her thoughts immediately went to other family members who had battled the disease, including her late husband, Jay Monahan, who died from colon cancer in 1998. He was only 41 years old. She said, my mood quickly shifted from disbelief to resignation, given my family's history of cancer. 
Why would I be spared? My reaction went from why me to why not me. Uh, After coming up with a plan with her doctor, she underwent surgery on July 14th, began radiation on September 7th. Her last session was on Tuesday, she wrote, and she said she wanted to share her journey to encourage other women uh, to keep up their exams. And then she said this, and this is important. She said, please get your annual mammogram. I was six months late this time, and I shudder to think what might have happened if I had put it off longer but just as importantly, please find out if you need additional screening. Huh. So that's an important yep. message yep. that she's passing along about this. Tom Hanks is going to publish his debut novel. It's called The Making of Another Motion Picture Masterpiece. And it'll come out May 9th of next year. Uh, the novel, as his title suggests, will center around something Hanks obviously knows a lot about. And that's making a movie. The plot, as it's laid out on the website of publisher Penguin Random House, will span 80 years... It will be split into three sections, starting in 1947 when a soldier returns from World War II and has a brief but memorable encounter with his young nephew and then disappears. Part two picks up with the nephew in 1970 San Francisco, where he's making underground comic books. After reconnecting with his long-lost uncle, the nephew recalls a superhero comic he read when he was a kid and creates a new version of it based on his uncle's experience in World War II. Smash cut to the present. A blockbuster director finds the comic, decides to adapt it, and the rest of the novel delves into the making of that motion picture masterpiece. So it takes it all the way from the very, very beginning of an idea for a movie. Sounds interesting. I wonder if he himself, and if comic books figure into this novel, if he himself is actually a fan. And does he have any designs on entering either the DC or Marvel universe? Well, I don't know about that, but on top of writing the whole novel, Hanks also created three comic books central to the book's plot and interspersed them throughout the novel. Uh, He wrote the comics while storied comic artist Robert uh, Sikoriak had provided the illustrations. So Mm. it's deep enriched in comic book lore. Interesting. Hanks said the source of a movie can go back as many years as are in history. A story turns on a single moment in the life of someone... Uh, Then all the anecdotes of the current day magnify that moment. Going back to 1947 makes sense, as would have starting in, say, say 1559. Human yearning has proven to be timeless. He said, no one knows how a movie is made, though everyone thinks they do. I've made a ton of movies. And then he writes, and four of them are pretty good, I think. (laughs) And I'm still amazed at how films come together from a flicker of an idea to the flickering image on screen. The whole process is a miracle. So it it should be pretty cool. It is is magical in in a way. Uh, Have you seen Elvis yet? No. So his performance, and I've watched it a number of times now, uh, his performance is Colonel Tom Parker, this enigmatic character it's actually kind of a masterful performance because it's a guy who's really reprehensible in so many ways, yep. and yet you do periodically feel sympathy for this poor bastard, you know? Uh, so, Mackenzie Scott, one of the world's wealthiest and most powerful philanthropists in the world, has filed divorce from her husband, Scott, who amassed her fortune during her marriage to Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. Uh, that ended in 2019, has uh, filed the divorce petition in Washington's King County Superior Court. And this guy is the local guy, right? Yeah. The, uh, the the teacher from this area. Yep, she uh, went on to marry... That's what I was thinking, though. I was like, this poor guy's probably just trying to, like, 
go to school and be a teacher, and <laughs> yeah. now he's like, his information is blasted right, all over the right. place. So for she and uh, former science teacher Dan Jewett married in 2021 and have no children together, so they haven't been together very long. Not long no. at all. Uh, Scott and Jewett have already signed a separation contract that will determine how they'll divide their shared property, possessions, and debts. You've got to imagine there's some sort of meticulous agreement, a prenup. Yeah. There's no way she would enter into a relationship and yeah. give it all away. Jewett, who taught at the prestigious school where Scott's children with Jeff Bezos attended. Jeffrey, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Bezos. First revealed their marriage last year, writing online that in a stroke of happy coincidence, I married one of the most generous and kind people I know, and joining her in a commitment to pass on an enormous financial wealth to serve others. He stinks! Uh, Scott walked away from her marriage uh, to Bezos with uh, tens of billions of dollars. Like a billion, yeah. 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 Except tens of. And has uh, pledged to give much of it away, promising to, quote, keep at it until the safe is empty. And, And since... Uh, divorcing Bezos, she has given away more than $12 billion wow. to charitable causes. Yeah. Uh, including gifts to Planned Parenthood, Habitat for Humanity, and Ukraine Relief Organizations. <clears throat> that pace of giving uh, was unheard of, and Scott skyrocketed to fame as one of the world's most generous philanthropists. Has you ever heard of the President Steve Fire Truck Fund? <laughs> I think we need to make her aware of that. Uh, no, no. She may have heard of the President Steve Yacht Fund. Yes. Yeah. Super yeah. Yacht. I'm sorry, Super Yacht yeah. Fund. With helicopter pad. We're talking about billionaires. Uh, yeah, crazy money. Uh, prior to Wednesday's confirmation of the divorce filing, several media outlets pointed out that mentions of Jewett had disappeared from Scott's uh, philanthropic websites. Where'd he go? And other public spaces, including <laughs> from blogs they had written together and her author biography on Amazon. I think it's an autobiography. Uh, they also noted that recent donation recipients uh, had only thanked Scott and not both her and Jewett as they previously. I mean, how did he coming. and her even end up in the same? Yeah, right. One of our mixers. Yeah, it was yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I, I said it. I said it. Their kids had gone. Um, Scott's children. Jewett, who taught at the prestigious school where Scott's children with Bezos attended. That's what it was. First revealed their marriage. So that's where their connection started there. Okay. That's where they met. So I wonder, so he's got to have to get something. It, it, certainly he will not yeah. be hurting. I'm sure. Wait, yeah. wait, Unless really? he did why? something really stupid. Right. Why would he, why would he, I mean, why I, would he get anything? And then that's a good question. Legally, you would assume that she would button up everything, but maybe there was a, okay, you know, this is, a, this is a real quick turnaround. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, there had so, uh, to have been maybe something, something like that. I don't know. We'll find out more as it progresses. But I, I did. Uh, I I read a book on Bezos, and you know, obviously his wife is part of the career as well. That's why they split it the way they did. It's her uh, money. But I mean, you're t- you're talking off the charts money. It's oh, yeah. it's, it's incomprehensible. Yeah. yeah, it's a good question, Kath. I don't know how prenups work, and and if you enter into something that says. Uh, absolutely, positively, we do not share anything yeah. together at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so you'd, you'd have to be pretty firm on that. Uh, so I don't know. Can you imagine ahead. giving away $5 billion and still having tens of billions of dollars left over? Insane. Well, like she could give him a billion and still be okay. Well, actually, they were living <laughs> off his teacher's salary. Oh, so, really? oh that's cool. Squirreling away yeah. everything she had for retirement. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> you bought a moped? We're not made of money! <laughs> All right, listen to this. Peacock TV's first trailer for I Love You, You Hate Me 
gives viewers a glimpse into the dark side of Barney and Friends. Oh, okay. I saw the trailer for this. Yeah, it was posted on yeah. Peacock's official YouTube channel. It introduces viewers to the sheer horror many members of the cast and crew of the beloved children's show had to endure. Oh, I'm going to love this. Of Barney? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh so God. it's directed by Tommy Abalone and produced by Trent Johnson and Scout Productions. The official synopsis for the upcoming limited series describes it as, quote, yeah. chronicling the rise and fall of Barney the Dinosaur's furious backlash and what it says about the human need to hate. Tommy Abalone, the guy who directed is from here. He, he, is he? Yeah, in fact, Can we get we, him on? We, 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 probably. I have his number. Uh, he was... God, they're calling Barney the Purple R. Kelly, Casey. That's uh, horrible. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's oh. it's the psychos. <laughs> it's it's the it's the crazy right. people. Yes, yeah, that saw Barney as you know because he had a message of inclusion and so on like that as being the nut jobs coming out and threatening the the cast members and writers and right. all that stuff. Uh, Barney became uh, the target for unexpected amounts of fervent. Often violent backlash, which had become the focus of I Love You, You Hate Me. Uh, Joel uh, Chiodi, head of the documentaries of an SVP of Strategic Development and Scott Productions, explained the film, saying it unpacks how a children's character who stood for inclusion, understanding, and kindness birthed the movement of anger and criticism that threatened the show, its creators, and their futures. He said this documentary traces the creation of the character and how it took a toll on the people closest to it, examining the surprising and lingering impact the big purple dinosaur left on American society. Was Selena Gomez one of those kids? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, somebody who's famous is one of the, the, the Barney kids. And for me, my issue was, at a point, it was over saturation to oh, yeah, yeah. a staggering degree. But the, the thing was beloved by children. Children loved it. Yeah. And that, guess what? That's who it was made for. Yeah, yeah. So both 60-minute episodes of I Love You, You Hate Me premiere on Peacock on October 12th. So you will be... I want to see that. To see that. Me too. Yep. Uh, let's see. How about... All right. There's another purple creation. Uh, Deadline reports that a Disney film is in the works featuring Figment, the purple dragon who serves as the mascot of Ek... Epcot's Imagination Pavilion. So Not familiar. I don't know this character either. Been to Epcot. Casey, we, that's the only time I ever went. I didn't spend more than that half a day we were there. Didn't yeah. you guys have dessert there? Um, oh, okay. Yes, oh, we did. Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, Figment is part of the uh, the electric light parade that they have there as oh, well. okay. Uh, the film will be produced by Seth Rogen's Point Grey with Pokemon Detective Pikachu's uh, Dan Hernandez and Benji Samit set to write it. Is Figment, in fact, a figment of the imagination? I'll bet, yeah. Yeah. And, that, and hence the name. Uh, and then we'll do one more thing and then we'll get to the clips. Uh, Lisa Kudrow will have the cast of Apple TV Plus's Time Bandits. And I know you love that movie. I do, too. yeah. So according to the Hollywood Reporter, the Friends star will join... A whole group of people that have names I'm not familiar with. Uh, Charlene Yee, uh, Todd Gee, uh, Murphy Roger, Jean, Ensign Minga, something or the other. It's, I guess, it's either 15 people or one. Kira Thompson, Rune Tamete. Anyhow, uh, it is uh, Taika Watiti's series adaptation huh. of the 1981 uh, Terry Gilliam film, which that could be lend itself to a series. There's a lot yeah, of material a ton, there. Yeah, a ton of stuff. I mean, they travel throughout time. Yeah, so uh, not sure when that's coming out or anything along those lines, but Lisa Kudrow is going to be... Yeah, I don't know what she'd be in them. ...leading that, so who knows. All right, um, I think we're ready for clips. The readiest. Are you ready for mystery clips? Mystery clips! Oh! All right. You know how this is played. Yep, so we'll play the clip, 
Anybody here in the studio knows who it is or wants to guess it? Who is it? Is they raise their hand and then we. Let that person. I'm going to give a hundred dollars of my own personal money to <laughs> caller one. Who, if anybody in this room right. gets yeah. it, yeah. And yeah. Don't, yeah. don't cheat I won't either. Look. Preston. Who gets the first one? Yeah. Who, who, who gets any of them? Okay. Who gets any okay. of them? <laughs> Here we go. I'm grateful that people are into me. That means that they're loyal. You know, I try to take it with a grain of salt. I definitely never let it go to my head. And in fact, I don't love the personal life stuff. So uh, I guess it comes with the territory. I do kind of hate when people are like, well, that's what you signed up for. It's not what I signed up for. Um, <sighs> me. Meryl Streep. Yes. Okay, right. no. I mean, it sounds like a, it, it a little like, like Ryan Reynolds. I'm hearing does, Paul yeah. Rudd. Uh, I heard Ryan Reynolds as well, Kev. Case? Uh, that, well, Marissa's actually got the whole, if you want to go oh, to her yeah. in the other room. All right, Marissa, who is it? Down. Casey, you don't know who it is? <laughs> well, I know their name, but I have no idea what their existence is all about. Well, that was Skylar Austin, guys. Uh, he's in a show called So Help Me, Todd. It's about a meticulous attorney, Margaret, who hires her scruffy son, Todd, as their uh, infirm <laughs> house <laughs> investigator. Yeah, it's man. on tonight at 9 on CBS. Great. All right. Have to remember to miss that. All right, next. Casey, he was in Pitch Perfect. Okay. Which one did, who did he play? Does it say? I don't know. I'll, I'll find Jesse. it. Jesse. All right. Oh, Je- Jesse, of course. Hey, All right. Jesse. No. Oh, I know him. Okay. We'll play the next clip here. We... Wait, wait, wait. I'm not ready. All right. Uh, wait. Oh. Still not ready. He's the main oh. He's, he's the, main the guy. male lead. Yeah, whatever. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's the next clip. It's it's crazy because I personally have never worked on set with someone who I um, who does similar things to me. I always feel like I'm crazy on set, and then I, I look over, and, like, mine's doing it times 10, and I'm like, oh, oh, I'm good. Uh, I like yeah. big balls. <laughs> I have no idea. No? No. Sounds like the girl from Parks and Rec a little it bit. Sounds I, like the girl doing the commercials for Xfinity. I guess it sounds like I get to keep my, my hundred bucks in my yeah, wallet. Yeah. All right, Marissa. Technically, I can have it because I know who it is. Uh, that's uh, Kyla Pratt. She's in Call Me Cat about a woman who constantly has to prove to society and her mother that she's happy being single. And it's back for season three. All right. It premieres tonight at 930 on Fox. Oh, man. Oh, okay. She was in Dr. Doolittle. Oh, that was bad. All right. Uh, there you go. That's the entertainment report for today. All right, let's take a break because we got stuff to do and people to chat with and money to give away. Oh, and by the way, Casey's got an appearance tonight. Hey! Thursday night. It's the wow. Bud Light Thursday <laughs> night kickoff. Yeah, and Casey is going to be at Saloon 151 Whiskey Bar and Grill in Westchester. It's 151 West Gay Street. Uh, and he'll be there. What, t- what time are you going to be there? 7 to 9 tonight. All right. And you're going to have a chance for people to win tickets for the uh, Eagles and Cowboys game. Yep. And I also have an autographed Dallas Goddard Eagles helmet to give away as well. All right. It's courtesy of Bud Light. Stop by and see Casey tonight's Loom 151 Whiskey Bar and Grill in Westchester. We will be right back. What's new? Why have you asked the killers? Starcrawler. New music. More of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. Nick, can you pull the text back up? There was uh, one I was going to read real quick last second. It says, hey, I know this is, uh, what did it say? I know a text isn't the way uh, to do this, but you think you could give the nurses at the ER at Lansdale Abington Hospital a nice shart-out 
Uh, they go through so much uh, for strangers. Love them. So a little shout out for those guys. And then uh, a couple others. I'm going to try to rifle through Thanks, these. Joey. And I've edited them down for content or for time or <laughs> right, whatever. Right, yeah. Uh, it says, uh, hey, Preston, special shout out to my dad, Steve Warner, who has been organizing a team for the MS City to Shore ride with the team raising $300,000 over the past wow. 16 years. That's great. Love you guys. That's from Ryan Warner. So he's a sharp. Uh, it says, uh, shout out to my boyfriend, Brian. This is from Margo, by the way. Margo Rogers says, uh, as for a shout out, can you tell him that we're all rooting for you, like you guys tell him and, and me, and you got this, you are stronger than you think, one day at a time, and tell him I love him. Uh, and she says, editorialize as you will. You do it so well. <laughs> Thank you so much. So nice. Margot Rogers. That's a compliment. That's for her boyfriend, Brian. Diehard fan. Hang in there, so Brian. So let's put some scripts together. Yeah. We love you. All right. Write All right. Uh, this is, uh, hey, President, my son, Jared Cooper, turns 30 September 29th. His only gift request is a shard out. Hmm. Please help this mama out by giving him the only present that he asked of me. Loyal listener, and that is from Karen Cooper. So here you go. That's a that's a good gift. Yeah. That's an easy Cheap. gift. Uh, and this one, I actually got a phone call, what? and I don't really take shard outs. Actually, I, I don't get phone calls anymore. I have never used my phone. But here. a voicemail <laughs> was left from the father, and I think it's a, of, of Low Hall. Is that okay. her name? His daughter? I think that's what he said. Low Hall. And her birthday was on the 26th. So here's a shard out. And then I've never received this, all right? Okay. This is, this is from Greg Gonzalez. And he says, longtime listener from California here. Um, if you could call a mock out, that would be yeah. a treat. <laughs> he said, I play the show for the boys on site when working on heavy equipment, and it tickles my ears in many ways, especially when off in the distance I hear a hearty, yeah. <laughs> uh, love the show sincerely, and he signed it Mike Hunt. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. That's so, his name. Greg Gonzalez. So, mock. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There's your mock out, buddy. All right. Uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not know it, is National Coffee Day. Yeah. Also called International Coffee Day or Free Coffee Day. We'll make Sep- up your mind. September 29th. And uh, and I love the descriptions when you get the official, uh, you know, uh, releases yeah. for these national days. So it says, Coffee Day is not just a day to celebrate <laughs> one of the world's most popular beverages. It's also a time to enjoy free coffee. And you can also try a new recipe. Ooh, a new coffee recipe. Yeah. Uh, so listen, then, they, then I saw the lists of coffee deals going on. It's extensive. I'm yeah. not going to go through it. So so if wherever you go to a place, inquire. Yeah, yeah wherever you get your coffee. And then if, if you can, go on the register, right? If there's yeah. a special deal, they have it. And a lot of times, it's signing up for their rewards program. That's what it is now more than oh, ever. You, you got to get really? the app and they'll yeah. give you something. But there's still you, some places have it. You walk in, you get a small coffee or whatever. Yep. So uh, what is National Coffee Day? Oh, tell oh, what, oh, Do oh, tell. oh my God. National wow. Coffee Day is a day to celebrate the world's my most... dearest wife. <laughs> I fear I will not be with you this National Coffee Day, for I am fighting a battle at Gettysburg. Uh, so, the National Coffee Day. Play cool. I'm looking for our music. I, there we go. My dearest wife. I'm not bitching at you, dude. Sounded like it. I, I'm witnessing a battle right now yeah. between the producer of the President's TV show and his host. My heart aches for both of them, for I know there's love between them both, but he didn't hit the button in the back. <laughs> 
He like he reacted physically when I go, where's our music? He's like, <laughs> it's coming. It's right. coming. It's, it's coming. It's playing right now. I know. You got it. You got it. You done good. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, so it, it out. it's also a great opportunity to learn more about this energizing beverage. That's why I woke up with an extra. I was whistling when I woke up. I knew I was <laughs> going to learn more about coffee. Uh, one question I do have, and I don't know if you happen to have it in your list of in, uh, info there. Yeah. How long has coffee drinking been a hmm. a thing? How long? I assume it goes back a long time, right? Yes. I remember, oddly enough, the, the, the origin of coffee, I remember from the movie The Bucket List because oh, yeah. Morgan Freeman's character was a trivia buff. Right. And uh, one of the storylines in, in the movie is about uh, Kopi Luwak. Yes. Which is the world's most expensive coffee. And he he explains it. It started from, um, uh, and I forgot where he said it came from, but they would... Shawshank uh, prison. They, no, they had burned these uh, uh, coffee beans. They didn't know what they were, and it gave off a pleasant aroma, and they decided to make it into a stew. And Or and they were intrigued by the fact that I think goats were eating these right. things, and it gave them tons of energy. And so they, they burned these, and they, they smelled it. It smelled nice. So they decided to make it into a stew, and then they liked taste. I personally, coffee has been such a uh, an acquired taste for me that I have a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that the first person who boiled that stuff and drank it went, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Yeah. That's really yummy. Well, the uh-huh. coffee to me is not necessarily, like, I drink black coffee here. Yeah. In, the, in my first cup of coffee, I have it sweetened. It's it's I, I I it needs cream and sugar for me personally. That's me. I don't black, drink it without black coffee. To me, tastes kind of disgusting, but I've gotten used to the taste and I don't mind it now. But I don't like go. Wow, a cup of black coffee really hit the spot. Now. Right, I, it Not needs me more. Yeah, but personally. wouldn't you say the same thing about bourbon? Oh yeah, right? but it's also how it makes you feel. But yeah. see, hold on. I okay. So I didn't have coffee for two and a half weeks. I had my first cup uh. on Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was today Wednesday. No, today's Thursday. Whatever. <laughs> I think it was Tuesday. Um, and uh, I, like when I sip it, like I get happy. Really? And I was, and okay. I was drinking. Do you, tea- do you do black? Nothing. Uh, yes, not just black, but I I was drinking tea that t- and like I did not get that feeling even after two and a half weeks. I'm like. This sucks. I can't wait to go back to wow. coffee. Are you I doing do, another elimination diet, Kat? It's just like cleansing my okay. system. I do life. black coffee. If I do black coffee, I have to have sugar in it. So, But, but my drink of preference is tea. However, in the morning, um, uh, yeah, uh, coffee with um, milk and or the, the creamer and a little bit of sugar. And but that's you, the only way I drink it. But if you had sugar, it's technically not, not black, black coffee anymore. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, black I just means... I, I always thought that the it, the, the whitening the aspect cream. of the cream was the black, um, it, it, well, uh, you know. Up. I'd always taken it to mean nothing, nothing in it at in all. It. I'm yeah. pretty much, I would say I'm almost exclusively black coffee. Okay. Uh, I drink no it. Cream? Only, yeah, yeah um, not, a, not a fan. Um, I would say... <sighs> 85 to 90% of my coffee drinking is black. All right. Okay. I uh, I do cream, no sugar. Uh, I thought that um, the Wawa person was being nice to me today, giving me a free oh. cup of coffee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Oh. And, uh, 
it turns they out listen it's to the show International right. Coffee Day. And, right. Uh, it's free that way. Um, Preston, I heard you talking They must have recognized me. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you talking yesterday and the day before um, about Irish coffee, and you dislike it, correct? Yeah. All right, so... Um, I, I mean, I mean that meaning with just whiskey put in it. Yeah, okay. Um, if you have, like, Bailey's or something that's got right. a sweet flavor to it, I, I like it. But, but I, I had it, but I, I've, I've had it with just whiskey put in it. I'm like, ugh. Isn't, isn't Bailey's the traditional Irish coffee no, way? No, no, it's just whiskey. Yeah, oh, and, and that sounds horrible. Uh, whipped cream on top of that, Steve, like oh. regular whipped cream. Okay. Uh, but I like both. And, like, Bailey's okay. is... Um, uh, you got to take Bailey's with just a little. Like you can't have too much Bailey's. It gets really mm-hmm. sweet so really much. fast. Yeah, but I agree. like a little bit of Bailey's, like a, you know, on a Saturday or Sunday morning, or you know, Tuesday, or in, in an alleyway <laughs> with a couple yeah. other guys. <laughs> One guy named Dutch and another guy Whatever. named Skeeter. Yeah, Skeeter's great. Dutch and Skeeter. And guy, you drunk good, right? <laughs> It's <laughs> just a hint of sweetness. Uh, it's an expensive habit you got there, Skeeter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I had to give a lot of hand job. Uh, whatever. Oh, come but, on. But I lost my coffee. You earned it. Yeah, you work it. You're right. Right. Yeah. Yo, hey, the w- whatever gets you through, right? Dude, yeah. Coffee out when we were traveling across the country. Um, cause we, and listen, I, I love Duncan, but, uh, we couldn't stop at Duncan all the time because there just weren't as many right. in some uh, spots like the, in like Texas on. Yeah. Um, but these places we stopped at one place was called loves and I, I think we went to another place called Kate Dude, coffee. And, and I had a giant, yeah. uh, Duncan mug. It was like 24 ounces. It's like 89 cents to fill that thing. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Well, you know what? Yes. One of my favorite things to do, and especially in Europe, I mean, our, you know, our country as well, but to try different coffees, like different coffee shops, I, yeah. if I see a coffee shop, I'm like, ooh, ooh yay. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, yeah. Let's not forget that before designer coffee shops came along, before Starbucks hit the market, Coffee's like 50 cents. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. right. I mean, it was you're right. the yeah. cheapest thing on the menu. And yep. then all of a sudden it became five, seven, you know, bucks for a cup of coffee. And you're like, whoa. You're right. It was the cheapest thing. And, yeah. and uh, but again, now it has that different. The, the funny thing is that you will go into, you know, so I, I'm, we're blessed here because Duncan is my favorite base coffee, like a regular cup of coffee. Duncan is by far my favorite. The, uh, however, you know, sometimes we go to like Wawa where the, it's one price for all the different sizes. And mm-hmm. I wonder how, is that the same with every place? I don't know. Because I just use the app when I go to Dunkin' and I'm not sure what I'm oh, no. paying. So if I'm at a restaurant and I'm ordering coffee at the end of the meal, I have to make sure, because when I worked in a restaurant, they would have two coffee things. You know, one regular, one decaf. But they only made decaf. Because people would ask for decaf, and then they'd have to make that, and, blah, and so they just figured, the people that made the coffee just figured it was easier. So, Case, I heard that, that huh. the restaurants did it, and, and maybe this is not the case, so that if someone um, was um, had a bad reaction to the caffeine mm-hmm. or had some sort of issue, that they'd just be, both would be decaffeinated, it was and more that would hedge their okay. bets. Yeah, it was just more so that uh, they would just, you know, they would put everything in a decaf or in a regular caffeinated thingy, and it was always decaf, just... Huh. It just made it easier. Yeah, Steve, I, when I worked at the only restaurant that... Oh, no, I worked at one of two restaurants. Um, yes, the coffee was always decaf, and you, they would have two different pots right, to, like, yeah. play it off. like yeah. it was, But everything was decaf. And I think... I, was it for that reason that, that I said? That's what That's what okay. the, some of the other servers told me. Okay. All right. Interesting. That's kind of why I like to do espresso at the end of a meal. I'm like, 
Can't fake that one. Yeah, well, you know that's... Yeah. And Case, that's actually what I drink, is espresso, not I know. black coffee. Can you make me one more morning? Because you have d- an espresso to go. <laughs> I'll be in the bathroom adjusting my thumb. So then, espresso, you don't get very much. It's no. just right. a tiny bit. It's yeah. And that's all you do is just, you know, because yeah, a, la- like, a latte essentially is espresso with the milk. With the milk, right. And it, yeah. it gives it more volume. Uh, about that's halfway through, you'll notice Kathy has a cigarette lighter under a spoon and she's got <laughs> yeah, coffee. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I will take every last drink. Drop in this little cup I have. An Americano is espresso with just hot, hot with water. water. Hot water? Yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to say, Casey. I was going to say you should do Americanos. That's what I do. It's two mm-hmm. shots of espresso, and then they top it off with hot water. You ever have Greek coffee? Mm, yeah. Very. I feel like I you have. have. I know. My, my sister-in-law makes it Super concentrated. Yes. Oh my, and it's like frothy, and I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. What is that? I, but you know what? Oddly it's, enough, it's pretty good. I don't think that I've I've ever actually like had, I've had a sip of it, but uh, I've never yeah. sat down and like had. Prepared the right way? Yeah. I think you like it if you if you like a, um you're drinking espresso i think you will hey marissa what's the name of that place in the borgata i think i've been there with you and pierre it's like in the middle of the casino floor they have like this i'm, I'm gonna get it wrong but it's like this filipino coffee or uh, it's some asian coffee with like a, a, a condensed milk is that ringing a bell with you at all not one is it- <laughs> i thought you and i went there after a show one there's time there's a chance but there's probably a reason we went there <laughs> You're probably right. Uh, my sister, a couple of weeks ago, actually, probably about a month ago, and I've just been waiting for her to drop this off to me. She said she has a, an espresso maker with the with the milk frother and all oh, that. Yeah. She's like, I never use it. She's oh, like, it's in a bag. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. She she is not. Given it to me yet, and like I think about it all the time. And we and bought one, and we, we hardly ever use really? it. Really? Yeah, it was like same Nick. It was a few when hundred you first dollars. get it, you yes. use it like crazy for sure. And, and then ma- you're like, you know what? It always tastes better when other people make it. <laughs> you know what I drink a lot on the weekends is iced coffee. You know, yes. I, I buy that. Um, actually, I get it from Dunkin'. Cause By the way, and I think this, uh, Preston. I don't know if you have any, any data on this. I think uh, iced coffee is now either neck and neck or has surpassed. <laughs> Um, regular coffee sales. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Find that hard to believe. But you wow. know what, Nick? With iced coffee, I can't drink that black. I have to put cream in the yeah, ice sure. Oh, really? No, yeah. I do that black yeah. as well. We'd call that a frou-frou coffee yeah. at, at home, and, and, and I like getting those cold. Yeah. yeah with cold and sweet. Real quick, Casey, it's uh, the Vietnamese, Vietnamese coffee is what I was talking about. Condensed mm. milk, and there's a, a, it's noodles of the world in the middle of the Borgata Casino floor. <laughs> is it good? Best noodles of the world! Damn coffee I've ever wow. had in my life. Um, my my wife's old roommate Colleen, she swears that she invented iced coffee. She's like, I, when <laughs> whenever did. like yeah, she would make it, she did. and then she would and put penicillin. She would put the uh, the coffee pot in the refrigerator. You know, she never dumped it down the sink when when it was when it was done. And she's like, I swear, like before anybody ever made iced coffee, I always had a, a pot of coffee in the fridge. I mentioned this before when I was a kid, a little kid. There was a product that I loved, and it was called Coffee Time, and it was. Coffee syrup, basically. Sweetened coffee syrup the way you would use Bosco, you know, for chocolate milk. Uh, and it was the same thing. And uh, you would make, pour some milk in and mix it, and it'd be like having a cold, uh, sweet mm. coffee. That sounds pretty so, good. So uh, coffee sort of indirectly helped me learn how to drive a car stick shift. Because when I would go to school with my older brother in the morning, uh, it was a stick shift car, mm-hmm. and he would let me shift the gears while he drank his coffee with, you know, uh-huh. with two hands. What did you do with one- the other hand? Yeah. <laughs> I gave my brother a hand job. That's what I did, Steve. I'm shifting both gears. He was hanging out with Skeeter. You know what? You're my favorite sibling. Holy ass. Right? 
What he's just happened just to our show? Being honest. Does your mom tune in from time to time? I no. hope she's a master. <laughs> oh, Case. I can't even count the handies I gave to my older brother. Wow. Okay. Uh, he was uh, older, so it was not like. Yeah, it wasn't like I was being taken advantage of. I don't even know where I was going with this. I'm going to go to a phone call. Hey, look over there. It's Chris on the phone. Thank you. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, for the record, I can't wait to hear uh, Casey's line down the future on that one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to isolate that one. Uh, you want it cleaner than that? What's up, Chris? <laughs> no, you guys are talking about coffee. Uh, you know, one thing you guys should try is I uh, actually put honey in my coffee. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, I, I was using a lot of sugar, like a, like a five-pound bag, like, for like one cup? six months. Okay. So I switched up to uh, honey instead. Um, organic, I guess, you know, whatever. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, is honey, uh, is it better for you than, say, uh, um, uh, refined sugar? I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, can't, I can't tell you that answer. I, I, I will, don't do so much sugar. I'll tell you this, Chris. I, I will, I will uh, p- uh, be more inclined to put honey in tea. Uh, and uh, I, that's that's a great taste. And for me, coffee might be a little different, but I've never I'll tried try it. it. Yeah, I'll try that. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, Steve, I tell you what, you try it out first, and then you come back to me on that. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Here, Chris. Real Appreciate quick, it. On, on honey, it says that um, it has a lower GI value than sugar. I don't know exactly what that means. but what about uh, the intestinal? <laughs> meaning that it doesn't raise your blood sugar levels as quickly, and uh-huh. it can also be sweeter, so you're using less than sugar. Well, Dr. Mike's here. You he okay. can probably tell us what that means. Yeah, we'll um, get him in here in a second. So here's, here's another warning and uh, whatever to anybody going off to get your coffee at a local barista because my daughter, she is 16 years old, works at a coffee shop, okay? Don't complain to those kids about the price of the coffee. Like they have, they have, yeah, that. Yeah, they have the, nothing the, to do the with the pricing behind the counter. <laughs> just shut up. Nothing yeah. to right. do with the price of the coffee that you're buying from them. I shouldn't be yelling at you. I had a bad morning. I had to give my brother a handy. <laughs> <laughs> he spilled his coffee as a result, and now here I am spending seven bucks. I'm, it's not enough I'm shifting for him. I'm also giving him a handy, but it's not your problem. Uh, I'm sorry to unload on you. Casey, I know somebody who does that, and it bothers the hell out of me. Like, we'll give, and even it was like during COVID, like, we have to wear, like, give them a hard time about wearing masks in there. I'm like, that kid is just following the damn rules so that they have a job. Shut up. Yeah. I, but, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in retail, people who complain to the the uh, to the worker there, d- d- no. d- just back off. That's- or uh, just say, could you get me the president of the company? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like the lodge. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Mr. Johnson. Wow. Okay. Well, listen, uh, it is International Coffee Day. Enjoy. Go get yourself some coffee. I want to go ahead and break now. Normally, we kind of keep uh, yeah. going on, but Dr. Mike is here. Yep. We are going to get our flu shots, but also we, we don't get to talk to Dr. Mike in the studio that often, so I want to get him on before we get to the Bizarre File, before we get to Yoo-Hoo Loot and all that stuff. He takes care of a lot of famous people. We can ask what kind of maladies they have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Specifically yeah, who they yeah. are and who the they problems are, they they're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we always have medical questions for Dr. Mike, and I'm sure he's got, he weighs in on coffee all the time, how you can't overdo the coffee. Yeah. Dr. Mike has one cup of coffee. He sips on it all day long just to keep that kind of steady little caffeine thing going, but he doesn't overdo it, so I do know that. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back in a moment, and yes, you who loot is on the way. Eight o'clock with your first chance to win $1,000. Hey, Dana Carvey's going to be on our yeah, program this morning. Nice. Charlie Manuel is going to be in our studio in a little while. We got a lot happening. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. 
Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got a friend here in the studio. A reminder, after we talked to him, though, we're going to get to uh, MMR's You Who Loot and your chance $1,000 to stand by for that. Flu season is arriving, and we have our annual visit from one of the greatest individuals we know <laughs> from Penn Medicine and Fox 29, the good doctor, Dr. Mike Sarita. Is with us this morning. Hey, bud. I love you. Guys. We I, love you. You know, there aren't many places where I go and I get all excited and and have a warm feeling. I mean, even with my wife lately. Right. But but I mean, you it guys happens. just you yeah. guys are the best. Well, we, we love seeing you. Real quick, I want to uh, I'm going to kick this off with a phone call. I have Zach who's on the line. Hey, Zach, how you doing, buddy? Good morning, guys. I'm sorry to bother Doctor Mike at work. No, it's okay. <laughs> hey, where do you work? What do you do, Zach? Matter of fact, I also work at Penn Medicine. All right, and you work. I'm, at... um, Go ahead. I'm a vascular ultrasound technician. Ah, and you had said uh, you uh, you wanted to comment on something about Dr. Mike. Yes. So, uh, as Dr. Mike knows, uh, he sends some of the Dr. Mike specialists down to my lab, and I see a handful of his patients. And I just wanted to say they say nothing but great things about you, Dr. Mike. Ah, they love you. They well, love you. The Dr. Mike special. Yeah. So, uh, I, I was hoping for an STD to be named after me, but uh, it did, did, didn't quite work out yeah. that way. So Excellent. this this test is a carotid ultrasound, as Zach does, and an ultrasound of your aorta down uh, in your belly yeah. because you can find things. And, and there's data behind it, and what you do is you look for a narrowing of the artery, and you look for an aneurysm in the belly. And mm-hmm. I got the idea from these lifeline little vans that go to churches and right. place, and and I think it's like 150 bucks they will do that test the 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 two I do and even one of your legs called a PVR okay, okay. but wow. but uh, is, yeah. is it a circulation thing well, I look for an aneurysm and blockage in the neck. And if they're the right age and they have risk factors, I, I can tell you for a fact that over 30 years, I have found quite a few people with a few things. Very so, nice. So, Zach, they're always talking about how great Dr. Mike is, right? Absolutely. Excellent. All right, I well, love you, Zach. Thanks, Zach. I love you. Uh, Cash right, will we'll be coming. Uh, Thank uh, you. Uh, uh, all right. Well, here we are heading into flu season. Uh, and you come in every year and you give us some flu shots. Nick just got his. Steve got his. Marissa got hers. Uh, and uh, some of us are going to get uh, more of them uh, as we speak and do it on the air here just to show you how simple and easy this whole thing is. How are uh, how are they doing zeroing in on a, uh, a potential target this year? Well, we don't know yet. Right. Yeah. we got to wait until it happens. But 
If yep. you look at Australia in the southern hemisphere, they had a very, very bad flu season. And part of the reason, so when it happens down there, because they had their winter, mm-hmm. now we're starting to get into the cold weather and, and our winter. So we look to them for uh, what happened to predict what's going on and mm-hmm. what will go on here. That's now, now, there's a lot of theories about why it was really bad down there. Uh, perhaps the pandemic, everyone was isolated. Everyone was kind of wearing masks and now we're all out yeah all right we're not wearing masks Uh, casey got to go cross country and i'm sorry i i really screwed it up no no, you did not it worked out so much better i just had to do it i could did the right thing no you made it better so we're in a much better place but you can't let your guard down and i just got my bivalent uh, booster for covid that covers the ba4 ba5 variants and those are the ones circulating and uh it's all good because uh, most people now have either had the virus gotten a vaccine or both and we're in that herd immunity kind of concept now the virus we hope doesn't change too much Mm -hmm. but uh we don't want to we want to be prepared we don't want to have a bad winter and uh not one of my patients has ended up in the hospital in the last nine months they've all been vaccinated and they have done well they get a bad cold and we give them something called paxlovid which is an antiviral drug uh, i've managed to avoid it so far which is great and but do is there there's another booster that i should get yes okay yes and, and they, now is the time to do it well it should be four months in my humble opinion the right. cdc says two to six months but i like four months to wait after you've had covid or you got your last booster. All right, then I'm due for one for sure. You so. are, man. Yeah, now, so I don't have do them. Uh, you have to keep them really, really. That's right. But we'll do the the flu vaccine now. Oh yeah. With me, I'm going to come over there because we got about a little less than two minutes before we need to okay. do the uh, yeah. you who lose. So. All right. Can I ask you something? Uh, yes. Just information. I don't know if you guys have talked about it. Preston brought it up the other day. This thing that is uh, it is a drug making its way around that's become quite the illegal drug to do, which is called. Desco, desomorphine uh, or crocodile? Have you heard of this? No. It causes like a uh, uh, it causes like a flesh eating type oh, reaction in people. Like it gets you, it gives you a high, but it 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 uh, causes the flesh rot. You is haven't it, heard of this? No. Is it is it Catchy's injectable? Is it injected? Is that yeah, I think it? that's Are you the talking case about the illegal drug on the streets. I did the yep. story of yes. Uh, oh, they're call, what did, they're calling it? Um, trang. Oh, trang. Trang. Yeah, uh, they're cutting them, and people are having to get uh, limbs uh, uh, amputated. amputated because of it. Look, folks. All right, that they're even putting fentanyl in little uh, 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 colored yes. candies, Go, and, candy and boxes. our adolescents, our middle-aged yeah. kids, are are doing this. It can mm. kill you. Look, there's so many things that can knock you off in life. Mm-hmm. Why you need to get high on life? That's right, folks. You work out. You listen to Preston and Steve. <laughs> I, you you enjoy life. You don't need that. Am I allowed to say cramp? Yeah, yeah. No, no. crapola. You Whoa. don't need that. A bunch of people are texting in, Dr. Mike, about uh, getting the flu vaccine and the COVID booster at the same time. Your thoughts on that? Well, um, uh, it, it is okay to do that. I personally like to separate them a little bit. There are some experts who feel that that might be a little more advantageous. But look, if that's the only time you can do it and the only time you're going to do it, so do it. But uh, look, I got it last yesterday and I, yeah, I'm not feeling a thousand percent. Okay. So all right. I wouldn't, I'm going to wait a week and then get my flu shot. All right. Now's the time. Here, you got to wipe me down first. 
Wipe me. Wipe me, Daddy. Wipe my hand. Wipe me, Daddy. Wipe me, Johnny. He's always very clean. Always makes it yes. thoroughly. By the way, Listen, this is... I double swab. It's like yep. wearing two condoms. Yeah, it's Hold right. On. Wait, wait. You don't want to take a chance. Hold on. Okay. He's good. Hold it. Double wipe. Hold, Hold it. it. Gotta wipe it again. Want me to open one? I got you? it. All right. Come on now. You're the you're the guest. You're I know, the but you're By the way, I started getting <laughs> come over here. Started getting the the uh, flu shot when we put the camp out for hunger. It was it seemed to be the wise thing to do. Yep. Uh, you know, be, and I had not got them before that. Oh. And um, yeah, so we're going to be doing our full full camp out for hunger this year, which is great. He's awesome. doing it. He's doing it. Yeah. Get a band-aid. Wait, band-aid. Get a band-aid. Band-aid. You, oh my you loon. Mike, another question from a listener. Uh, it says, I lost my taste and smell when I had COVID almost two years ago. My taste and smell came back, but a lot of things that I used to be able to taste have gone away, especially coffee. Um, and they, they were mentioning that it was International Coffee Day that we were talking about earlier. Uh, this person is asking if that will actually return, the t- taste for certain items. Well, uh, that's considered a long COVID symptom. Yep. Uh, and the vast majority of people do actually get their taste and smell back. But the virus gets into the brain and it can cause uh, uh, damage and, and inflammation. And so the bottom line is don't panic. It will come back for the most part. Uh and as far as coffee, you guys didn't mention Juan Valdez should get a Nobel Prize. I mean, I mean listen, right, we coffee gotta... has chock full of polyphenols, antioxidants. I drink it all day long. It, despite being so calm. We want to hold that thought. Right, right. We have hold to hold on. that thought quick. We got to do this now. Okay, right. here we go. Here it is. Here it is. MMRs. Listen up. Here's your keyword. All right, the word is income, which is exactly what you're going to get if you win here. So income, I-N-C-O-M-E. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter. There are three ways for you to do this. You can uh, text it, the special contest short code number, which is 45911. Or it'd be the MMR app or at WMMR.com. And one random entry wins $1,000 in our company-wide contest. Each winner will get a call from Beasley. Make sure that you answer your phone. Contest rules available WMMR.com. And it is sponsored by Horizon Services. And again, the word is income. I-N-C-O-M-E. Enter that now. You have until 15 minutes after the hour. We're going to continue our, our little chat with uh, Dr. Martin yes. before we get to the B-File. It's like ask the doctor. And we do have uh, uh, Charlie Manuel and his wife, Missy, are in our um, yes. uh, Acme Lounge right now. We're going to get them in next. And then Dana Carvey's going to be on the show this morning. We're just it's we're almost, action-packed It's today. literally too much entertainment. All right, so Casey is now getting his flu shot. Dr. Mike just jabbed him, and he is now uh, pushing the plunger, sending in the good juice, and now he's done. And there you go. Yeah. Now we just need to... Uh, did you even feel that? No, I was actually worried that my guns were going to break the needle. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, it can we're, be, we're for somebody like you, yeah. it can be tough to go he's in and get it. hampered by the massive musculature. Yeah. Yeah. All right, he's done. Oh, uh, Band-aid on and finished. So we're all we're all vaxxed up and ready to go, uh, which is nice. So, uh, Dr. Mike, uh, what else is going on in your world? What do we need to ask you about? I mean, there, we have... Uh, people always have loads of uh, medical questions uh, when you come by, and uh, we never really get a chance to go into them. Somebody says, Dr. Mike, since getting the COVID shot, I've been getting frequent headaches. Is that a, uh, a potential side effect? I mean, there's sometimes there are some. 
Everything in life is a risk-benefit ratio. Sure. So I'm not, I never, ever uh, say, oh, no, you're not experiencing that. Never. So uh, could you have headaches? Perhaps. But the risk is so outweighed by the benefit that you get the shots. And I stand by what I'd say because my son, my daughter, and my wife have all gotten vaccinated. Here's another question. So I recently uh, went and got uh, the shingles vaccines. You did that for me. I'm I'm all good. I'm covered. Uh, This says, hey, please ask Dr. Mike how long I should wait after getting my second shingles shot before getting my fourth COVID booster. Oh, my right, God. Right. Uh, so shingles can kick your yes, butt. Yes, and that one can really make you feel ill. Again, I like to wait a week or two. There, there's no reason to torture people by, by doing everything unless you're going on a trip to Europe or you're going somewhere and you can't do it any other time. That's the one time I will do that. But why? Right. Yeah, and some of these vaccinations, like I have, when you, when I've gotten the flu shot before, there have been uh, times where the next day I'm like, man, I feel kind of funky today. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, I'm fine. And then there are other times like just nothing at all. The shingles uh, vaccine, I felt nothing at all. But I did get a text from a friend who said, man, that kind of kicked my ass a yeah. little bit. So it's kind of luck of the draw depending on your own physiology, I assume. And uh, and, and sometimes it, it can get you a little bit and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it depends on your immune response. So when people say, this is a classic line. Dr. Mike, I got the flu from that flu shot you gave me. No. What you had was an immune response. Ah. So the way vaccines work, they get your body to develop antibodies and get your immune system ready when the real thing comes along. And the proof of the pudding is that two and a half years ago, I had all kinds of people on ventilators and people were dying because no one had ever seen COVID-19. It's a whole different world now. Yeah. And the bottom line is people get a bad cold. That's what they get. Mm -hmm. And so you isolate for five days, then you wear a mask for five days. And we have drugs like Paxlovid. Uh, Some people can't take that. We do other medications. We we have a lot of uh, options now that we didn't have in the beginning. Thank God we're we got through this. Thanks. I saw a new uh, story come out, and I don't have the information on me handy, but uh, they had, uh, uh, there's been a, a new drug that's being used uh, for Alzheimer's patients. Oh, yes. That are slowing the uh, the effects of it. Yes, this is, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a monoclonal antibody. Uh, my mother succumbed to Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. and uh, so I know this disease. What's exciting about this drug is that it actually works. All of the parameters that they looked at in the studies uh, found an improvement. The trick here, uh, so if you came to, to my office and uh, you were having significant memory loss, which can happen, it's called early onset Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't really have much to offer you. Mm-hmm. Now, if this pans out, we will test you, we'll make sure you have the proper diagnosis, and then we will treat you because it has been shown to reduce plaques in the brain, amyloid plaques in the brain, which is one theory as to why this happens. And it slows progression. So if you get treated early on, you can have a prolonged amount of time where you are fully with it. The study I'd read said that it, it slowed it somewhere in the, in the, uh, uh, on the long lines of like 27%, wow. which it, is a... a that's, I mean, uh, compared to having zero slowing down of it, that's awesome. So my that's line huge. always with new things, in God we trust and everyone else show me the data. Right. We need more data. I don't want to do anything until we see mm-hmm. for sure. It's got to be based on science. Okay. And as far as getting your flu shot, you can get them 
almost anywhere now. Uh, you know, your your local pharmacies and so on have uh, flu shots available. They're giving it everywhere. In yeah. fact, I went to CVS and got my yeah. my, my you got yours. You got yours? Yeah, I know my yeah. hey David out at the Glen Mills. <laughs> I, I love him, David CVS. You the man. All right, he's the pharmacist. I married a pharmacist. I love those. Guys. I didn't know that. Your wife is a pharmacist. Yes, that's yes. awesome. Yeah, what? I met her in the hospital because women they had to come to me. I never left. The it's hospital. easier when they're sedated, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, easier for her when yeah. she's sedated. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Well, listen, pal. It is wonderful to see it's you. Great. I love and, you guys. Uh, we love I you. Do. We need to I do, do. An, an extended segment with Doctor Mike. Yes, ask the doctor. Room. Yeah, we need to do that. Again. Everyone's arriving early now. Yep. All right, Doctor Mike. Thank you so much for being yeah. here. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. We love you. All right, we need to do the bizarre file. We haven't done that yet before we uh, oh, welcome right. Mr. Manuel into the uh, studio. So here we go. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre file. We'll keep this one a little quick. It's brought to you by uh, Modia Opioid Use Disorder. If you or a loved one is living with opioid use disorder, consider a clinical research study. You can learn more at Modia. OUDstudy.com. That's M O D I A O U D study.com. This is weird, man. A couple in Texas were shocked when they received a small armory of M16 fully automatic assault rifles after buying a gun storage case online. Oh, so they sent the guns as well. Yeah, it's crazy. They had uh, ordered uh, actually a couple of cases. The Houston couple, whose identities have not been released, uh, said they believed that they were purchasing roughly, actually they were ordering a lot, 100 storage cases Holy hell. for guns via resale on eBay. And one member of the couple said it's just a case and everybody can buy it online. However, when one of the cases was open, the pair found at least a dozen fully automatic M16s inside there. The M16 is strictly designated to be used by the military. Mm. Uh, the couple reported the find to the authorities. Uh, officials from the ATF and explosives arrived and took control of the case and received a search warrant for a storage unit with at least 99 more there. Uh, the ATF is partnering with the FBI to investigate the situation further, and I don't have Was any it part other... of a secret contest, like a promotion? Any other details? Maybe yeah. so. They were like the 100,000. Yeah, 100 were throwing a whole bunch of M16s. Yeah. Uh, several people in a South Austin neighborhood said their doorbell cameras have caught the same people swiping packages from their porches, you know, porch pirates. Yes, hate them. And according to uh, Gabrielle, one of the neighbors, she said, uh, we need to stop this now, especially before the holidays get started. They're hitting in the middle of the day, the middle of the night, same car, same people. So she was already frustrated when it happened to her. But when she saw other people's posts of videos of what looked like the same suspects and vehicles, she stepped in, hoping to thwart the operation. So she and her husband put a box of dirty diapers on the front porch. She said the same people came back. They took the package. And when they discovered it was a bunch of dirty diapers, they came back and smeared those diapers on our front door. <gasps> 30 minutes later, they came back with a giant bag of cow manure. They spread it all over our front porch and on our cars in the driveway. And that was the straw that broke the camel's Well, they were back. upset. They were simply trying to steal some valuable merchandise, and they got screwed over. She said, I called police, filed a report, and now there's a detective on the case. Uh, Gabrielle said that... The, the, uh, the balls, right? Yeah. The people seen stealing the packages were driving around in a black Chevy Suburban with no plates. So police are trying to find them. All right, this is a disturbing story. Indian police are searching for a teacher accused of beating a low-caste student to death oh over a God. spelling mistake. Oh, wow. Officer said on Tuesday... After Where was this? It was in India. 
after suppressing violent protests triggered by the incident. Uh, Nikhil Dorr uh, was struck with a rod and kicked until he fell unconscious by his high school teacher earlier this month after misspelling the word social on an exam, according to police and a complaint by his father. Jeez. Uh, the teacher... Hails from the upper caste, the boy's uncle, uh, Rashid Kumar, had told uh, had said told reporters. The 15-year-old died from his injuries on Monday at a hospital, and the accused has fled the area. He's on the run, but we will arrest him soon, police said. Uh, Dor is a member of the Dalit community, which sits at the lowest rung of India's caste system and has been subject to prejudice and discrimination for centuries. Hundreds of people took to the streets on Monday after news of Dor's death spread uh, in the district, so messed up. All right, and we'll do one lighter. Up, yeah, we'll do please. a lighter story to wrap with. A little sorbet. Uh, some say that Reebok sneakers are fashion statements. Other, specifically, conspiracy theorists think that they are demonic. On social media, a conspiracy theory is running rampant, claiming that some new shoes released by Reebok are satanic. Oh. In January, the company announced a collaboration with French luxury uh, brand uh, Maison Margiela. That means the devil sneakers. Uh, the shoe called the Reebok Classic Leather Decortique Tabby Low, that's the full name of right. it, uh, was apparently inspired by Decortique, a deconstruction of the shoe's core structure. The cutaway leather panels create a modern cage for like form, they said. So anyhow, the Instagram post didn't gain notoriety outside of the shoe community at the time, but now it's got the attention of religious groups on Facebook this month. One Facebook group that is called Prophecy News uh, told us more than 635,000 followers that the almost-year-old shoes were crafted to resemble the hoofed feet of Baphomet, a goat deity often accompanied by the occult. That's pretty cool. Essentially, it's got a split in the middle of the toes. And it looks like a uh, like a cloven hoof. That's what okay. they think, yes. Uh, so the Facebook post read, uh, The rules of this worship of this world show more and more openly and clearly who they worship. Make sure to open your eyes and don't be caught up in their rituals. Uh, since then, Reebok's January Instagram post has been flooded with comments that believe the company worships and idolizes the devil. Uh, and a th- someone had, had posted and suggested for the people who have no clue why this is completely evil, look up Baphomet. Christians, don't be fooled. Do not buy this shoe or any Reebok shoe from now on. Did this demon wear sneakers? I, maybe he did. <laughs> uh, the photos of the shoe made its way onto Twitter, where people weren't uh, also weren't comfortable with Reebok's collaboration. However, the shoe's design really has nothing to do with anything occult-related. As expressed in the name itself, the shoe is based on the traditional Japanese shoes known as Tabi, and that's it's even it's even in the name. Uh, the leather footwear, which is made from a single animal hide, can be traced back to the 15th century and are well known for a split between the toe and the uh, the big toe and the other. People toe. get carried away. I'm wearing my Satan is my Lord and Masters today. Oh, and, nice. um, it's just a fashion yeah, statement. Yeah, just a fashion that's statement. That's all there is to it. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the B5 for you. Let's take a break. Let's come back in a second, and we will talk to the one and only Mr. Charlie Manuel yeah. is in with his wife, Missy. And we're also going to have Dana Carvey on the program, too. Stay put. We'll be right back. Who serves up the best burger in Philly? Taste for yourself. Philly Burger Brawl is back. Round one, fight. So get off your buns and come sample the region's meat you can't beat. From traditional to gourmet to, whoa, what's on that? Come stuff your grill with unlimited burger bites, 
Sunday, October 23rd. Outdoors at Xfinity Live with cold beer and live music. Benefiting Philly Parks and Rec's at-risk teen initiative and Philly School District's after-school programming. Ticket info's up at WMMR.com. Don't miss Philly Burger Brawl 2022 at Xfinity Live. I do love the taste of a good burger. Mm. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks to your taste buds. Our next guest here to talk about an event uh, that is coming up on October 5th and a chance for you to get up close personal and meet them while they are there. Uh, We are happy to welcome to our studio the winningest manager in the Phillies' 139-year history, Mr. Charlie Manuel and his lovely wife, Missy. Good morning, guys. Nice, Good morning. nice to see you here. We were just uh, we were just off air chatting about uh, Florida, and I knew you know spending all the years down there in, in uh, spring training and all that. Uh, I had asked whether you guys had any family or friends down that way, and, and I, we were all talking about yeah, we we know some things that are uh, you know some people that are down there now, and you guys actually have uh, uh, some property down there. Is that where you live now in Florida full time? Yes, that's where we live. We live in uh, Winter Haven. Okay, and uh, we actually have uh, been there for about twenty five, twenty six. Years or something. All right. How many hurricanes and tropical storms have you been through then? Missy can probably tell you about it because she's usually in them. In a, uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you were away. I was always away, <laughs> especially the year the one had Charlie, and then there was two, two or three more came. Two more came that same wow. month. Wow! If you remember, and, I do. And they went. All three of them went right by our house. Florida's great, but you got to deal with stuff like that every now and then. It's a trade-off, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, your house is okay as far as you know yeah, right now? Yeah, the house is great. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we lucked out. All so. right. Very good. Grateful for that. Well, um, so the event that you guys are, are putting on uh, is a launch party, uh, and it's going to be at uh, Monkey's Uncle, and this is on uh, on the 5th. And what's what's the, the, the launch party all about? I know, Missy, I've been told you know all the, the nuts and bolts of all this. <laughs> yeah. So, Which is my wife, too, Charlie. Uh, yeah. Same Talk thing. to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> So with this um, T-shirt line that um, Hog Island Press came to Charlie, we were familiar with Mark Adams and his T-shirts that he make, a lot of Philly-centric, like, slogans and stuff on T-shirts. And um, he got in touch with Charlie and wanted to do a collaboration, like do a little capsule collection and make it a charitable endeavor. So sounded good to Charlie, and it was about, like, using... Charlie's slogans and sayings, witticisms, things like wit, that. Yeah, so yep. the, yeah, the wit and wisdom of Charlie Manuel. Basically. I love this. And so, um, to go along with that, we're doing a launch party with Hog Island Press and Monkey's Uncle in Doylestown. Okay, and that's October fifth at seven p.m. So it's like a meet and greet, photo op, signing stuff. Now, like a lot that. of people don't know that Charlie, you started as a runway model, correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the fashion world is not new to you. I, I would like, you know, I'd like to tell you guys something. I did the first Walkman commercial in Japan uh, for Sony. Really? Yeah. So oh, you, my yeah, God. I, I, the first Walkman what? commercial yeah. for Sony in yeah. Japan. Wow. Uh, How did that happen? Well, uh, I guess when you hit home runs, I guess they come and get you. <laughs> 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 How long did you manage in Japan, Charlie? Uh, I, I played there. I right. Played, I did played. you ever manage there as well? No. Okay, uh-huh. just played. 
And, and uh, I know that you know the word kanbate. Yeah. What kanbate, does that mean? That means uh, kind of greeting you and saying good luck to you, things like that. Yeah, so it's, it's a well wish. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, the first thing I learned was hotoite. Okay. That means leave me alone. <laughs> It's a valuable word. <laughs> wow. What yeah. was it like playing uh, playing ball in, in Japan at that time? Actually, it was, uh, as far as the fans and things like that, it was no difference in playing in the States. We had, mm-hmm. Our facilities was just as nice. And we used to draw, like, when I, pl- I played for a team called Yokoto, we drew, like, anywhere from three and a half million people to four million a year. Wow. That's amazing. And, uh, it, you know, baseball was very big there. It was always wild how how it how it translated so quickly to Japan and how because you'd see right. I mean there were a number of movies made about you know right. s- fictional stories about um, major league players that went over and Mister Three Thousand was the one with Tom Selleck I forgot the name right. of that one but, but it um, and the, the fan yeah. base is is huge right yeah right, right. the one that uh, the movie with uh, Tom Selleck was. That was a team called the Chinichi Dragons. Right. I played in that same league. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I played for the Occult Swallows, and then later on, I was the first free agent in Japan, and I played for the Kintetsu Buffaloes. What's the natural talent like over there? I know we've had some players come over and and play here, but on the whole, would you say that there is a a good, robust uh, quality to the player in Japan? Yes, as far as, uh, you know, like fundamentals yeah, and uh, playing situational baseball and stuff like that, uh, they like to get American hitters with power okay. because they do not have a lot of power hitters there. Although Sadhar O was one of the biggest home run hitters, you know, like it's, it gets publicized in, as with, with Hank Aaron. I had his, uh, the ball that Hank uh, beat Hank Aaron or, or O went ahead of him in home runs. I had it, you know, fences in Japan is about this high. Right. And I caught this ball, in, but I went in the stands, and the fans pulled my glove and, uh, and the ball out of my glove. Oh. And they and called it, it a home run? It was a home run. Oh. Yeah. That is that yeah. cheap. I never yeah. understood why, yeah. like, if somebody's going over the fence and they end up catching it but going all the way over the fence, that it doesn't end up being either a home run or a... Uh, uh, or a foul ball. Yeah. You, you know, like, well, I don't know right. the, the ruling yeah. behind that. Yeah. yeah. The fans, you know, like the fans can pull, like they can pull the ball out of your glove and stuff like that, like they did, really. They can do that. They do that here sometimes. How much of a baseball purist are you? Like uh, they're doing these rule changes and they're trying to do it to, I guess, maybe attract more fans, speed up the game. But things like, uh, you know, um, trying to. The pitch clock. The pitch clock, the the, the, the going against the shift, you know, because you had to deal with that with with Ryan Howard, you know, because he was he was a pole hitter. And so they, they shifted on him. Um, is that just part of the game? The whole, you know, the, it won't beat the yeah. shift. If they're going to shift on you, then you got to do something about that. What, what are your feelings on that? I feel like it, uh, if you can handle a bat, uh, you should be able to beat the shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, when I was talking to Ted Williams and everybody, they used to put the shift on him. He was the first guy that really, that they did it all the time. And he said, he said when his batting average would start to drop or he wasn't hitting as good, he would go back up, and what he meant was level off his swing and hit more balls to left field and beat the shift. And he said, I'd just get my batting average back up to about 350 or 360, <laughs> right. and, and and then I would start trying to hit some more homers. That's what he told me. I'm yeah. wow. like, and I believe him. Yeah. You know, I, I, but uh, the shift is something that uh, if they do away with it, I'm not against that in some ways. But at the same time, too, I feel like if you're a major league hitter 
and can handle a bat, especially it depends on your size. And, and uh, I got to say, and know thyself, mm-hmm. and you play within yourself, well, then you should be able to beat the shift. Hey, Nick, I'm going to jump in here again. I know Because uh, they also did the same thing in, in uh, football. So last year in the playoffs, the, the Bills and the Chiefs just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then the, end, the game ended up going into overtime. The Chiefs marched down the field, scored a touchdown, and, and won. And the Bills were eliminated from the playoffs. And then they right. talked about trying to uh, change the overtime rules, even right. though they already changed the overtime rules. And, and I'm like, no, how about you just play defense instead? Right, right. And instead of changing the game, don't blame the game. Blame the team that, that right. allowed the – do you know what I mean? That's, right. that's kind of how I feel about the shift as well. Right. You know? well, you, I don't know if you noticed last year when Harper Harper had a big season. Mm-hmm. And to me, like when he got hit – uh, you know, like when he got hit in the face or, or yeah. toward the face, yeah. he, uh, for about a week, you know, like people were saying that he was shy and stuff like that. Well, actually, when he came back to play, when he started hitting good again, he made sure that he saw the ball right out of the pitcher's hand mm-hmm. and he completely followed it. Yeah. So therefore, you know, like he didn't, he didn't over swing and, you know, like and have all of his tension in his swing to try to pull the ball. Yeah. He was hitting the ball where it was pitched and actually just using his hands more. <laughs> and wild. he was hitting the board, a lot of balls left field. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could uh, talk to you and listen to you about baseball for about yeah. 36 straight hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and I, uh, I wish you would uh, narrate every book that I ever listened to because <laughs> I, I just I love hearing your voice, Charlie. Um, but I want to ask you specifically about Ted Williams, really? one of the greatest hitters of all time. You are um, and you'll probably be humble about this, but one of the greatest managers of all time. And you guys had an argument about hitting. Now, from the outsider's perspective, uh, I would tend to side with Ted Williams uh, because he was one of the greatest hitters of all time. However, your perspective on hitting is pretty thorough. And and so uh, if you can share that story about the Uh, argument and and how the White House was involved. Uh, Okay. Uh, My daughter was uh, supposed to go to the – she went to the White House. She was in grade school. She was about, I don't know, seven or eight years old. And – and she went to, for the Christmas uh, lighting of the mm-hmm. tree. Right. Annual, and, yeah. But I met, and so Williams was in the uh, Hilton Hotel where we stayed, and I uh, I ran into him. And so I went in the bar with him and started eating, and I missed her, uh, I missed her singing at the uh, White House uh, <laughs> uh, the light. The, the tree lighting. <laughs> because you got in an argument with Ted Williams about hitting? Yeah, and we sat there probably, I would say we sat there for at least two hours. Oh, my God. And, and he had a... <laughs> Were voices raised? Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you knew Ted Williams, Ted Williams, first of all, he's got a loud, very yeah. loud voice. You know, it's kind of coarse-like, and, you know, like, and you can hear him, I yeah. mean, really. But um, finally, he got a, like, a placemat, you know, like a... a, a like a plate mat, yeah. and put it on the floor for use it for a, 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 <laughs> a whole a plate. plate. <laughs> and this waitress, she stepped on it, <laughs> and he pushed her and almost knocked her down. Oh, <laughs> and, he, and he said, "Get off my damn plate!" <laughs> and was, <laughs> and did, but we sat there and talked about hitting, and uh, actually, it was absolutely tremendous. Uh, Ted Williams was strictly uh, like. A top hand hitter, he felt like that that gave power to his swing, and you know, like, and that was the the hand that popped the ball. Uh-huh. And I was arguing with him with the fact that both hands play a role in your hitting, and my bottom hand is it creates the angle of the bat where the ball should go correctly. So my bottom, he, he was not a 
big believer in the bottom hand. Uh. And we argued about that. Oh and he, he was right as far as, you know, like my, my top hand pops a ball. You know, like I get my, I get my bottom hand completely extended in my, in, 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 when I'm hitting the ball unless I got two strikes on me or behind an account. And my top hand and the, the fact that I push off of my backside and my, mm. uh, and my hips uh, explode through and, and my backside and my hips uh, just kind of flows through the ball. Right, yeah. right. There's a but few things that drive the ball. Yeah. It's amazing it, to it, me it, that, that how um, how you're able to dissect the game at right. that time in our lives, right? right? With the technology we have right. today, I mean, you can track a ball. You, right. you know, you go, ball goes into the right. stands. You could tell, you know, within an inch exactly right. how far that ball would have traveled. Right. And 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 you're able to slow these swings, yeah. and you're able to do this without all of that technology. I mean, right. and and so Nick's talking to you about how he'd love right. to just. Right. I I love that. I love how much you love the game of baseball, right? Like, yeah, that's clear. It, I yeah. mean, you anybody could sit and I think, yeah, I think it. Uh, Missy can she can pretty much tell you. You know, like when I'm sitting at home, sometimes I watch three and four games, <laughs> and she's not. A, I, every now and then I get mad because she comes in my room. <laughs> <laughs> Missy, Missy, when, when was the last time you got to watch something you wanted to watch? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. <laughs> Hey, 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 listen, guys, she's got her own TV uh, in the bedroom, and she can go in there and watch it anytime she wants to. I'm not going to bother. Wait, does your daughter hold that against you that you missed her singing at the White House? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> so, what, Charlie, right now the Phils are struggling a little yeah. bit. You know, they're, they're still in playoff position, um, a half game ahead of the Brewers. Uh, I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Casey has his doubts. Um, but when you're watching the games, when they're going through tough times, and Bryce really hasn't been himself since he came right. back from his injury, um, when you're watching the game, are you are you sitting there analyzing and looking and saying Bryce has got to do this with his hands, or he's, he's waiting, or he's swinging? To, are you analyzing a swing while watching it? I tell I tell her about every hitter. Yeah. <laughs> really, really. I, I, is that when you go into the bedroom to watch your own shows? <laughs> do you love the game as much it. as he does? Uh, I do love the game. Okay. And I like listening to it. I really do respect and yeah. appreciate, just fascinated by his love of hitting and his understanding of it. Mm. So I listen to him yeah. all the time. Charlie, do you, do, you, do you still get a joy out of going to games, going to the ballpark? Yeah, I okay. get. A, yeah, I get. A, uh, I, I really get the same. Really, you know, like I've been going to the base uh, the game for all my life. Really, I feel like, and also, you know, like when I go, I I go to to see the players play. I even go to future, you know, like those uh, uh, the future tournaments they have, mm-hmm. right, and right, right, like that, and. Uh, and uh, I'll put a hat on and some sunglasses and go sit down and watch, huh. you know, like watch those guys play when I have nothing to do. Do you ever, uh, like, do a, a more elaborate disguise, like just as a rabbi or something? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Yeah. On, on the field, who has the best seat in the house? Is it the, is it the uh, umpire? Is it the catcher? I'd say the catcher probably has the best seat in the house. All right. Off the field, who has the best seat in the house? I would, uh, gee, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. That's not where you spend most of your time. I just, you know, I find it interesting when uh, when managers will will go out and, and argue right. a call, like a and not right. a call in the field, but like a, a pitch or whatever, because you don't you you only have a limited view. You right. basically, yeah, you have yeah. you don't know if it's inside outside. You can tell if it's high right. or low, right. right? But you know, you got. I guess you got to go to yeah. bat for your players. Yeah. Some in some ballparks, like. Uh, a citizens Bank. Mm-hmm. I like to stand over to the left, as close to the home plate as I possibly could. If you, if you, yep. And therefore, you can see what's happening on the field. 
It's very important that you sit there and watch the game and you see what's going on the field. And, and actually, that, that will tell you everything about the game. I mean, really. And yeah. Today's game, I would like to see it play more fundamentals and situation of baseball. Commissioner said a couple of weeks ago that they were going to put uh, uh, that they wanted to make it more exciting for the fans. So they was going to start uh, stealing more bases, made a bigger base and right. things like that. Well, stolen bases never came out. I always, as a manager, I wanted to put the best. I am a definitely an offensive-minded manager. Right. And I've always wanted to put the, the, an offense on a team that can manufacture runs in every way possible through speed mm. and uh, bunting the ball and, you know, like in the fundamentals and the situations of baseball and also power and consistent hitting. Like I need some, I need some guys in our lineup that's going to hit for high average. And, you know, like, and then I need some power and things like that. And, and, and we try to get the best guys we possibly can at that, at that position. Right. When you go out and scout players and you see the tools that they got, and then, you know, like, uh, and I get my old saying is know thyself. Mm. I coach you. I do not, I coach you and then I coach him and I might, it might be completely a different uh, mm. setup because yep. of who you are mm. and what it takes for you to be the best big league player that you possibly can be. Hmm. Uh, my dad is a baseball fanatic and, and I was lucky enough growing up to go to a lot of different ballparks. We would schedule vacations whether or not the team would be home, you know, so we, we I went to the Kingdome in yeah. Seattle before that got blown up. And uh, But um, as a fan, you get one perspective going to these games. Uh, I'm curious as a, as a manager, which um, clubhouse was the worst, the dingiest and which like which facility was the nicest? Uh, the worst would be uh, there's two. One of them was Boston. And they, <laughs> I knew it. And, 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 uh, Fenway is a dump. And it's, it's classic and it's beautiful and, and there's so much history there. But, like, it's the, not the nicest aesthetically. The, the Visitor's Clubhouse, it was made that way. Wow. And, you know, like, there's uh, the the manager doesn't have really what you call a, a office. He just has a little desk and, and, you know, like, he doesn't have a shower. He doesn't have anything, you know, like, and he has to go and take showers with the players and things like that. And it's small, and it used to stink. (laughs) And and, and they made it that way because they wanted to make the players mad when they come in there. Yeah, Uh, there you go. We we used to talk about that. (laughs) Get them angry. And and, and that kind of goes along with mental toughness. And as far as, you know, wanting, you, you get mad instead of getting mad and, and kind of laying down or something. You get mad and, it, and you know, like it motivates you more. Then the Cubs. Yeah. Oh, know, Wrigley. 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 You, Old you, parks. You, you get dressed way up, upstairs and you walk down through uh, this tunnel and out to the dugout. But at the meantime, it's just it's about like uh, uh, Boston. Okay. I mean, it's just. Same, same, same kind of setup. Yeah. Which was the nicest? The nicest, uh, uh, probably all, all the new ballparks. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, all of them. Like Citizens Bank is nice. Uh, uh, Yankee Stadium is really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, all the the new ballparks definitely they took very good care of that. Someone I didn't see the Dodgers. Haven't seen the Dodger Stadium since they, uh, you, know, you know, like uh, redid uh, the, the dugouts and the and the locker rooms. But they, but but they tell me that that's that's really nice. Yankee Stadium is my favorite, hmm. and the reason is because of the spreads and the, and the food. <laughs> oh, I thought so. <laughs> They've got the better they food, do, right? L- yeah. Listen, listen. They got anything that you want there. 
and, 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 they, and I guess it's all these restaurants that cater in. Right. But, yeah. And if they don't have it, they will go get well, it. we have top-level restaurants <laughs> here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's New York. Yeah. I know. Yeah, they got Quick everything. thing I don't know if it was mentioned about the money raised off the purchase of uh, these shirts, which I'm looking at the, the, um, the collection. Uh, $5 from every purchase will benefit RIP Medical Debt, a national nonprofit to help strengthen communities by abolishing burdensome medical debt. Every $100 donated relieves $10,000 in medical debt. That's very important. Right. Yeah. That, that, uh, that's proceed, that proceeds are, uh, uh, that is my part of the deal. Yeah. Like I give, I mean, I take nothing from that and I want to help. I want to help uh, RIP people, RIP medical and things like that. It can uh, clobber you if you right. get, and yeah. we, there are a number of charities right. that that we support that do that that very noble work of, you know, people turning their heads are spinning. I'm sick and I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. And so something like this is, is a godsend. Right. I, you know, like all the years I've been in baseball and I've had some serious operations and been sick and uh, uh, my insurance always had great insurance and they've paid a lot of money for me and things like that. And I wanted to give something back to the people, you know, like in a, uh, a way that, uh, you know, like I could help them. Right. Are you friends with Tommy Lasorda? Yeah. Were you? Uh, very much. Re- yeah. Very good friends. Yeah, great baseball mind, uh, one of the best managers of all time, uh, but uh, he didn't like the fanatic. And it, it, always, <laughs> it always bothered me that, that he got angry at uh, a mascot. Yeah, right. Do you know why? Uh, no, I, I basically I think that's who Tommy is, and also he's a showman. He, uh, we had an off day in two oh nine in a World Series, and that night I in New York, and I that night I went to this restaurant with Tommy. He absolutely took over the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> and he we went back, and he was cooking food and all this stuff. Oh, wow. and, and he told all he got up like a comedian. That he is, and he stood up, and I mean, he absolutely took over the restaurant. All right, he's <laughs> a big personality. Yeah. Well, you would think he would appreciate the fanatic I, if he's also a big good sense of humor. No, he did. That grudge was legit. Yeah, yeah. He, not yeah. a fan. Yeah, if we got time, I'd like to tell you the last part about Williams. Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we were in uh, uh, Boston, you know, like, and that they had these legends. On the field, and you know, like we were playing before an all-star game. I want to say it was 90-something, and in the 90s, and Williams, you know, like he was in a wheelchair, and he rolled him out to, in the, to the outfield, and he uh, and he was out there around all these hitters like Rod yeah. Carew, Gwen, all these guys, and he's talking to all of them and giving them tips and things like that. And I'm standing over in the dugout in Fenway, and he comes, he, and he has a, as he comes across the pitcher's mound, the guy's pushing him. And I heard him say, I'm sitting there, he says, take me over to where our Bush guy is. <laughs> you know, because he called everybody Bush Ligger. And so he, they rolled him over there, and he looked at me, and he goes, what about that bottom hand? <laughs> oh, no way. Now, he said to me, he goes, and he goes, I said, I said, do you believe in it? He said, you're right on. He said, you're definitely right. That's what he told me. He said that to you? 
Yeah. And the last book that he wrote, he did not put my name in it, and it kind of made me mad <laughs> because he talked about the bottom hand. Oh. And, and and he said in this book about the the role that the bottom hand played on his uh, on, in, in your hitting. So he he wow. he, he, <laughs> he sort of gave you credit, gave yeah. your thought of credit. It's yeah. funny because the legend was is that he was uh, very powerful, right. like a strong right. guy. Right. Very, yeah. yeah. Wait. So what year was the argument uh, uh, when you were supposed to go to the White House? It was in. Uh, it was in. Uh, uh, Ask your daughter; she'll remember. <laughs> yeah, it was er- early. I want to say uh, it was the early eighties, like eighty two, eighty one. Okay, and so eighty three, something like that. This All Star All Star Game was nineteen ninety nine. So yeah, right. nearly thir- or twenty years later, right. he's right. still thinking about the bottom end. Oh right, exactly, it was ninety nine. Yeah, that's hilarious. Right. Wow. Nice. But also too, you know, like he was. Uh, he always liked Greg Nettles and I. And he saw us when we were young, like, you know, like in... Uh, right. And uh, he, he would talk to us every time he'd see us, and he would talk to us. And Billy Martin in 69, he was our manager. And Williams used to come out and watch Nettles and I hit, and he would work with us. And Martin That's... Martin would get mad at him, and they, and they would have big-time arguments. <laughs> oh, man. Do <laughs> you ever have a, a Billy Martin moment in your career? I got... I can't... I, I can't tell you You can't that. repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> so... The legendary volatility, right? I, uh, I can't say it on the air. <laughs> oh, that's funny, Charlie. Um, uh, um, I wanted to ask about the the shirts because Missy had mentioned, uh, you know, some of the uh, the phrases that you've said from time to time. Uh, what, what are some of the words, uh, the ones that are going to be on the on the shirts that are being sold? Do you know? It's going. Uh, some of them going to say, "If you're hitting late, you're hitting for luck." That's the <laughs> one that I told Eddie Murray. Eddie and I used to argue. He was a big-time hitter, of course. He's a Hall of Fame hitter and things like that. And uh, I used to always tell him to make the ball left-handed be down because that was his strength. I wanted him to hit to his strength. And he'd uh, dunk some balls in the left field and he'd and come back over and look. And and uh, I'd tell him, I said, hey, Eddie, why don't you get out front on that ball? I said, you up in the count? And, and I told him, I said, if you're hitting late, you're hitting for luck. Nice. And then uh, things like uh, everything good, the party's out front. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everything good happens out front. And uh, I say things. Uh, Here's one uh, I like that says on here, empty head, full bat. Yeah, empty head means full bat. Branch Ricky said something similar to that. Mine's a little different, but it means the same thing. That means don't think too much. And get in there and look for good balls to hit, good pitches to hit. Yeah. And uh, get out of your head, basically. Simplify those yeah. swing exactly. thoughts. Yeah, don't yeah, don't yeah. overthink it. Right. Yeah. Don't, okay. Yeah. Don't, I, I, don't get in your way. I yeah. love these things. I love the way the shirt. I mean, it, it's definitely something that any fan would want to have as a as a collector collection. So uh, yeah, and they're they they all have the, the artwork and everything is really nice. Yeah. There's another good one that says, "If you're hot, stay hot. If you're cold, get hot." <laughs> <laughs> I told I told Matt Williams that one day when he was. Uh, he got off in Cleveland. He uh, he got off to a good start. And he was hitting about 350, 360 or something like that, in about almost two hundred bats. And all of a sudden, he starts struggling. And he's uh, as I come through the training room one night, he's laying there on the table and he's kind of whining. 
And he says, I know I'm going to go down under 200 and hit 280. And I told him, I said, well, when you, if you think that, go ahead and get there, and then we'll start working again. Mm-hmm. And, he got, and then he looked at me, and I said, always remember, when you're hot, stay hot. If you're cold, get hot. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so these uh, shirts, it's, this is all being uh, debuted. Uh, it's an exclusive launch party. Uh, Monkey's Uncle, which is in Doylestown. This is going to be on uh, the 5th. At 7 p.m. And, uh, Charlie, you're going to be there, yeah. obviously, yeah. for the event. Yeah. And yes. people can come out and buy the shirts. And yes. Are you going to sign some stuff or anything yeah. like I'll that? S- definitely sign if they want me to. Okay. Missy, uh, will you yeah. be there or finally yeah. getting a chance to watch TV at home? I'd like to say one, one other thing. Yeah. Yeah. I got a shirt that, that says Philly's, Philadelphia's for Homers. Yeah. And I got that from uh, where I grew up, Virginia for Lovers. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yeah. And I got that Philly, Phillies for homers. I love that. Wow. Um, well, go to the event, uh, meet a legend, and uh, also help out with the RIP medical debt. Uh, it's going to benefit this nonprofit that helps people who are just get overwhelmed with medical debt. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's a great cause, and you get a really cool shirt, and you get to meet a legend. It's going to be a great night. So, uh, Charlie, it's always a pleasure to have you. And, Missy, wonderful to meet Thank you. Y'all. Thanks for coming yeah, by this morning. You. We wish you guys luck with everything. Thank you guys for having us. You really, got it anytime. Really Charlie enjoyed. Manuel yeah. and Missy on the President's Steve Show. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Dana Carvey will be joining us in just a little bit and more. Stay put. We'll be right back. WMMR. Let's win some money. 93.3 WMMR presents you Your shot to win $1,000 cash five times a day. Weekdays at 8 a.m., 10 and noon. Then 3 and 5 p.m. Listen to you Loot Sounder and get the keyword. Text it to 45911 or enter it on our website or the new MMR app. See official rules and details at WMMR.com. We're putting a grand in your hand with MMR's Yoo-Hoo Loot. Sponsored by Horizon Services Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Book online at horizoneasybook.com. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I hope you got a great night's sleep last night. If not, a lot of great texts with uh, concerning the... Interview with Charlie Manuel, and uh, we were talking about him after he left. He's just like, the, the guy's just the best. He's just a sweetheart, and, and he's got stories. I mean, we only just barely scratched yeah. the surface. That's already. And I love it. He's, he loves telling stories. Yeah. Well, he's accumulated so many. He's such an you know affable guy, but I mean, to have, that's a, that's a, I mean, we should talk about playing baseball in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, all this sort of stuff that's in his a mental um, cabinet, uh, and and but the fact is, is that a lot of times um, people get to that point in their lives, and they have a lot of stories that suck. <laughs> yeah. And his are all oh, really yeah. good. As soon yeah. as the microphones went off, he just kept talking about Ted Williams. Like he had yeah, five yeah. more things to say about Ted yeah. Williams. Yeah. And I could listen to it all day. And his um, his uh, pattern, his speech pattern, and his accent is yeah. very much the way my dad speaks. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so it's, it, as I'm sitting there hearing him say that, and and uh, I'm just like I'm hearing my dad, yeah. you know. But uh, but he's got more interesting stories. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, listen, we get we have a few minutes before Dana Carvey joins us. He's going to be on in about um, 15 minutes or so if uh, if this all comes together. As the crow flies. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we will. So I have a little bit of time to kill, so a couple things we can talk about. Oh, is this the time Are killer? Are you the time killer? I'm the time killer. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. I don't think we do. Something very. Um, do you have um, uh, Pink Floyd time yeah. from Pink yes, Floyd? Yes, I, I think do. that might be a good song. I mean, it starts off with yeah. uh, a ticking clock and, right. and alarms. That's but, okay. That's true. You're the time killer. Uh, once it gets into the thing, so all right. Yes, I am the time killer. And we have a couple of minutes it's to. Time to the time killer. <laughs> it sounds very ominous. Yeah. That could be. What the hell's that? This is also time as well. Oh, okay. Nah, we don't like that. Us. Yeah, I like this Preston one better. Now well, we got to go through all this again. You did it again, didn't you? You're yeah. killing my time. You're just killing me in general. Is there like a super villain named the Time Killer? That'd be a good name, right? I'm sure there is. Mm. I know there's the Dry Cleaner. Oh, have we already done the Time Killer before? We have. Oh, we have. That's awesome. There's a there's a picture of me with a gun. Right. You know, because it really makes us realize. We do have early onset dementia. Yeah. All right, here we go. Now now we're getting into the uh, this part that sounds a little bit more appropriate for yeah. the time killer, especially when it goes. <laughs> there it is. All right. So the pumpkin spice craze obviously has reached uh, new heights thanks to, uh, you know, you, pumpkin, everything. pumpkin spice, everything. Everything. But, uh, there's a company called Angelic Diamonds. And they have created what is being called the world's first pumpkin spice latte ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kathy, it's eleven thousand three hundred dollars. Oh my god! Oh, it's actually steal. pretty cool looking. Uh, is it? I, yes, I saw it, it and has I'm to like, be really cool looking. I'm like, all right, well, you know, and it's loaded with diamonds, so that's hence the, oh, yeah, the expensive okay. price. But Connor, do me a favor, see if you can find the pumpkin pumpkin spice <laughs> latte ring. And pull up a picture of it because I would like to get your guys' reaction of it. It's $11,300 and may very well be the world's most expensive pumpkin spice latte merch. Uh, the ring features a whipped cream shape, center diamond, surrounded by white diamonds and orange sapphires. Uh, All right. The photo we're looking at doesn't quite do it justice. It looks like no. a uh, like a cupcake. <clears throat> yeah, so that's what Actually, I thought too. Yeah. Awful. I, I, what's that? That picture looked awful. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. Uh, okay. Uh, anyhow, uh, the it's uh, the center diamond is surrounded by white diamonds and orange sapphires and encased in a cup ca- in a cup shaped claw. A cup meant to mimic a warm cup of pumpkin yeah, yeah. spice goodness. Uh, and there are also white diamonds, orange sapphires, and emerald shoulder stones decorating each side of the gold rose band. Yeah, it has a, a nice collection of rocks, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, if you are a massive Pumpkin spice fan, and you've got mm-hmm. bl- money to burn. This might be perfect for how you. Do, how do they get the color rose gold? I mean, rose gold is not rose gold, right? It's. It, it, I don't know how they get that color. And how does they get an orange hue? Yeah. Rose gold is not rose gold. What do you mean? <sighs> All right, so I don't know how to explain it, but like, is rose gold naturally that color, or is there is something there a specific applied to it type that you find in a mine yeah. and yeah. say that this is rose gold? I thought it's an it's an alloy. It's a gold and copper. All right, it's an okay. alloy. Yeah. All right. So uh, another is that feature. How they're achieving the, I'm sorry, uh, President. Is that how they're achieving the orange or the rose gold? The rose uh, gold. The rose gold. That's, the how, or- they, that's how they get um, white as well. Like yellow is the only natural, natural? color. Diamond color. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Steve, the orange are orange uh, sapphires, I think it said. Sapphires. Yeah, you know orange. sapphires are, are more rare than diamonds? <laughs> no, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, diamonds are... Uh, Girl's are, best friend. They are, uh, and they are controlled by um, a f- smaller 
market. I you guess. know where you I know, learned that? The beers uh, uh, controls a lot of the, uh, the diamond trade in, around the world. Yeah. And so they are uh, priced more highly. Huh. Uh, and sapphires are a softer gem than, than our diamonds. Diamonds, I think, are the hardest on the Mohs scale. Okay. Uh, so but, uh, but sapphires are much more rare. De Beers controls that? Yes. What do De Beers control? <laughs> uh, Chicago. Honey. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, honey. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I learned that on this show. We You have uh, you have mentioned that before. Yeah. You do learn stuff uh, Every now on and this then. show. Yeah. Another feature that may only be evident to the wearer, unless uh, they want to share, is a secret message engraved on the inside of the band. It says, pumpkin spiced. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) Even the packaging has a pumpkin spice twist. The ring box comes with a cardboard coffee cup wrap, a pumpkin closure latch, Hmm. and smells like pumpkin spice when opened. Oh, in the box. The box. Oh, not the gold ring. The thing that bums me out about pumpkin spice is that, like, pumpkins aren't even involved. Uh, that is just in like the actual manufacturing. They just sit there. Yeah, no, it's just like nutmeg and yeah. like cinnamon, allspice. And, yeah, and yeah. Wicked overrated. Yeah, uh, uh, I agree. Yeah, I'd much. I'd rather. Carrot cake, okay, is like my ultimate thing that is going to be with those flavors. Yeah. I think. And why go with the pumpkin? Wait a second. Go with carrot cake. So pumpkin is within pumpkin pie. Uh, yes. Pumpkin is in pumpkin bread. Yes. Yeah. All right, so but, but, I, I, but your pumpkin spiced latte is not. I think it's just the spices that you would find in uh, pumpkin pie. It's mm-hmm. a lie. So it's something along those lines. Yes, I agree. Uh, but but um, uh, I do love pumpkin pie. Oh, I do too. I yeah. love it. It's mm. excellent. Kathy, would you bake us one? Uh, you know what? I'm not. I don't like pumpkin anything. Okay, oh, so that's a yes. Kidding. I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't like anything pumpkin flavored. I love a latte. Claire doesn't either. Oh, my wife does it. Yeah. <laughs> would it be okay if I called you pumpkin? <clears throat> um, yeah, that's. Let's fine. take a look at the traffic pumpkin. pumpkin. What's going Hello, on, pumpkin? Yeah, that's okay. I don't mind that. <laughs> Punker poo. Punker poo. Uh, so Do you love me more than all the fishes in the ocean? <laughs> uh, Angelic Diamonds are the ones who have created the first pumpkin spice latte. Interesting. Drink. So just thought I'd let you know. All right, let's kill some more time. Oh. We're going to get... Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Wait, Marissa might have actually given us a better... Um, Bow, yeah. From right there. I think that would have more impact. Yeah, so, just... all right, let's kill some more time. Nope. Back it up. <laughs> nope. Hang on. Back it up. All right, let's kill some more time. There you go. That's the impact I was looking for. By the way, that sound effect you're trying to make, those are Roto-Toms. Roto-Toms? Oh, I'm... You know. Roto- I could bill myself as the human Roto-Tom. The human Roto-Tom. Uh, yeah, I saw this horrible show at Chili's last night. The guy billing himself as the human Roto-Tom. <laughs> Roto-Tom Morrison. I found... <laughs> Steve Roto Tom Morrison. Now that sounds like yeah. a Gary Lauer. Yeah. Yeah, it's on a show. Folks, she ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. Enjoy your chili. <laughs> Enjoy your chili. Steve Roto Tom Morrison. Roto Tom Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So job seekers try to take advantage of every possible in that they might have at a company and in line with. Uh, the maxim of it's who you know, it might seem like having a family member or best buddy embedded as a potential employer that could be the best bet. But family. new research from LinkedIn indicates that who you know doesn't have to be someone terribly close. In fact, a casual acquaintance is most likely, is the most likely to help you find a new position. And in fact, they're calling them like weak uh, um uh, moderately weak ties. That I'll help have, you. But that uh, that are going to be better at giving you a hand in uh, in moving forward. I believe this um, because you, there's no way uh, the odds are strongly against you have these super firm, you know, 
friends that are uh, g- giving you these positions, but it are, it's the acquaintances, the people you network with who are, you know, um, who can give you that leg up. Like, I've I've had a lot of help from people who I would not can say we're friends, but we're just acquaintances. Yeah, and some of them are friends of friends. Like, exactly. you know, somebody who you're close with knows somebody else, right. and therefore they, they kind of help you out. Uh, so the vast study... Uh, conducted by the Career Focus Social Network, uh, it's uh, Scientific American, uh, in conjunction with MIT and Harvard Business School, uh, examined the data of more than 20 million LinkedIn users from 2015-2019, a period that saw uh, 2 billion new connections made and 600,000 new jobs per the research published earlier this month. So the researchers conducted a multiple large-scale randomized experiment on the platform's People You Know algorithm, offering users recommendations to link up with contacts who were both close and not so close. Yeah. Uh, then seeing what jobs emerge out of these ties, and it turns out that moderately weak ties, not the very weakest right. as measured by mutual connections, proved most valuable in uh, getting a job offer. So, uh, a lot of times, I remember throughout my life saying, would it be okay if I mentioned your name? Like, somebody that I was yeah. not, um, you know, friends with, but uh, certainly you don't... You, I would uh, that happened often, and I would get leverage off that. You would accrue those names and and use them to your better. And I'd always let people know if I was throwing their name around, you know, to get to get yeah. a gig. But I, I, you have to do that a lot early when you was doing stand up. You'd have to, you know, uh, I don't know, the, say a club owner or something, but I know somebody who knows the club owner. And can I, you know, can I mention that I know you? And it works uh, most I, of the time. I've been used as a reference many, many times. Right. Uh, not once have I, have I, as an employer ever gotten in touch with me. And I always wish that they would because hmm. I would like to right. say a few things about the person who I'm even here down as a reference. Yeah. Well, well I mean, Kristen Herman got a, you know, worked her way up the, the ladder because of that's you internal. Parts. Yeah, but uh, it's, I had recommended her initially. Right, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I never have, you know, oh. hey, so-and-so, I'm gonna, I'm putting you down as a reference just to let you know. Right. So you might get a call, and I've never gotten a call. I have. And I was, have you? Yeah. It's okay. A, it's uh, first, when it first comes through, you're like, wait, what am I doing again? <laughs> right. Because you had forgotten that you told that person that you would do it. Um, but I, I got one for our, our friend Devin one time, and uh, there was somebody else uh, that asked for it. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. And then you get to extol their vir- virtues, you know? Dude, Devin, our former intern from way back when, she actually applied uh, to be Charlie Sheen's assistant. Oh, Lord. When he, when he was going yeah, up. It's uh, Preston there. When, yeah, I could have gotten a call from him. Uh, freaking how to intern of yours. Uh, when, when he announced publicly, when he was going through that whole torpedo yeah. of truth, psycho thing, he announced that he needed an assistant. She's like, oh, I want to work for him. I'm like, are you out of your goddamn mind? <laughs> yeah. But I could see you know what? why somebody might want to. What? Uh, yeah, I uh, recommended somebody for a job for a pretty prominent person that we know, and 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 as a matter of fact, is working for that person now. Okay, I can, you know, and I would consider myself probably like fringe of this guy. Like he's more of a friend of a friend. But when the uh, is it night? Yeah. But who he, did you recommend him to? Is, uh, to Will he, Smith. He he <laughs> is a caretaker on his property. No, I know, but yeah. who did you talk to uh, to recommend him? Balsacky's wife. <laughs> she works there? Her name is Mrs. Balsacky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? I had I was a uh, somebody uh, <laughs> g- you know gave my information, and unfortunately, <sighs> she was not. Oh no! Really? An ideal uh, employee, Uh-oh. and and I didn't trash her in any way, but I was like, well, here's my experience. I think and- it's actually um, unless I misunderstand the way it works, um, it's 
you're you're not allowed to, or it's well, it if, might even no, be if they, an employer if they call, to, to yeah, impugn like if, someone. If they called here, like right, HR, yeah. I think that that's where they just confirm your employment. You employ right at these dates or whatever. But I mean, this was all you know. This was she was a babysitter. Kathy, <laughs> Kathy is the unspoken rule that that if if the employer starts to proffer, if they can proffer positive. Former employer can proffer po- positive. Well, I don't. I. I, I or can we should you say anything? Stacey, but yeah. I don't think that they can. Huh. I think if they do, it's always um, like I know people who are in that position, yeah. and it's I know her through the industry, and it's done like off the record, like okay. on a personal cell phone, or if they're out, like you know, it's right. like technically, I, I I'm pretty sure she can't say anything. That's yeah, wild. Yeah. yeah. As an employer, as a former employer, you're not allowed to impugn or say anything negative. You can you can confirm. That so and so worked here from this time to this time. Can you say if they're fired? Uh, I, no, don't I don't know think you can even that. say that. But if you are just a person that is uh, put down as a recommendation and you never employed them or anything like that, you can say whatever the freak you want. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird. A, you have to slalom a whole bunch of stuff with that. Here's a text that says, Marissa and Casey were my reference for my first job after interning with the show, and it was wildly helpful. That's from former intern Chuck. Nice. No way. Well, that's really cool. I wonder if he stuck with that job or moved on. He's now touring with Charlie Sheen. (laughs) He got the job. Oh, man. Wasn't my intern. Super talented. Duh. Duh. Well, anyway, uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Don't rely on just uh, the super-duper close connections that you have. It might be one or two removed of somebody who's been acquaintance, and maybe they can help you out, you know? Yeah. In fact, always, it seems that that's the case more often than not. People usually do want to help you if they can. You know, yeah. at least, uh, you know, the people who are confident in what they have going will usually be the ones who, they're the ones who have helped me throughout my life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, let me kill some more time. Uh, Kathy, I had you in mind okay. uh, when I saw this story. Uh, almost half of all bird species are in decline globally. Oh, thank God. And one in eight are threatened with extinction, according to a major new report warning that human actions are driving more species to the brink, and nature is in trouble over this. They can't die fast enough. Uh, the four... Not the pretty ones, though. <laughs> it says the four yearly state of the world's birds report. So I guess every year they come out with this. Uh, which provides a snapshot of the plight of species globally and more broadly. A barometer for biodiversity comes as the United Nations steers an international process toward protecting nature. Um, Using data from the International Union of Conservation of Nature, the report said 49% of bird species worldwide have declining populations. That's pretty terrifying. So half the bird populations of the world are declining in their in their deal. Yeah. Are, do we have any guesstimate as to numbers? Because yeah, the amount I of do. birds is crazy. Yeah, so it says with populations... Count those freaking things. Uh, ...falling uh, even in species not normally rare or at risk, roughly 13% are considered threatened. So Steve... Huh. Uh, hang on a second here. I did have it on another part of this story. Yeah, BirdLife International, which has decades of survey data, said there are now 2.9 billion fewer individual birds in North America like a billion. than there were in 1970. So at any time in, in, in the world... Compared to 1970, there are now 2.9. What's the billion. global bird population? Did they give you You're, that? No, nah, I didn't right. say that. It's got to be ridiculous, crazy. It's got to be. Um, I don't know if, if <laughs> a doubt trillions would be the amount, but I, you know what? I had another story about the amount of ants 
Now we're in the talking. World. Yeah, buddy. And that <gasps> is in the trillions. Oh. Yeah, of course. It's insane. Little bastards love them. I don't know if I can find that because it's kind of deep in my... Um, my ass. Files there, color-coded files. Uh, in my files, but... Um... Wait, I had ants in my bathroom. Uh, this was probably... They're the ones that turn your thong around. <laughs> this was probably, I don't know, like in the spring or something like that. They were regular regular ants that we normally see. Nothing special about them. How did they get to the second floor? There was a ton of them. It was disgusting. I put the little ant traps out. Yeah. They all crawled in there, all died, <laughs> threw it out, and they never came back again. So what... There's no food in the bathroom. They will find, they will find their ways um so oh we have God. we have a service that comes and they will you know they they, they explain oh the ins and outs of it the places you think how oh they're never going to get here they will they'll I, find a way yeah, i don't understand and they were like on the floor it wasn't like they were coming yeah. through a window like up the side of the house okay here's why okay according to a new paper published in the journal pnas the international team of scientists suggests there are now nick you have a number here up here it says 50 billion well that's birds oh birds okay this this new study says that there are 20 Quadrillion oh, ants roaming around our planet <laughs> in Kathy's bathroom right now. Twenty quadrillion. You never hear that term thrown around or that number. Mm. That's Qu- insane. Quadrillion. I knew it was off the chart. Dude, yeah. All right. So people that call their uh, their mother's sister an aunt. Yeah. Aunt. Do yes. they call ants aunts? I don't think so. They're ants, right? Yeah, they're probably they're spelled differently, Casey. I know yeah. they are, but... A- A-U-N-T lends itself to possibly be pronounced aunt. aunt. And ant <laughs> is exactly. definitely how spelled... How do ants refer... Aunt. <laughs> how do ants refer yeah. to the uh, sister of their mother? I like auntie. I wish I'd say Auntie. That. I don't say it. My auntie. No. No, I wish I did, yes. If you're um, one of the royals, that would be totally appropriate. So there are, there are 50 billion birds and 20 billion uh, Quadrillions. 20 quadrib, quad, quadrillion. 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 All right. So that's, quadrillion is the next up from trillion. From trillion, right? yes. Okay. I mean, so that's... Um, try to wrap your mind around... Three, six, nine, twelve. And when they get together for a convention... Yeah, all the birds and the ants? Yeah. That's a lot. By the way, that's 16. All right, birds in the front, ants in the back. Uh, we have the concession stands up front. And, of course, uh, we do have golf carts that will take you to the concert stage. For the VIP ants? It's a massive undertaking, but uh, we're expecting a good show today, and uh, Willie Nelson goes on at once. Wow. Willie Nelson is Yeah, he got the... booked the ant and bird convention. Oh. That's cool. 20 quadrillion ants. By the way, that's 15. That's, uh, no, I'm sorry. That's uh, that's 16 figures. That's how many zeros uh, there are in that I'd number. fall asleep writing that number. That's insane. Wow. Okay. Well, it's some dude's job to count all those. <laughs> I'm like, sure, he eventually hung himself. Took for freaking ever. Wait, so do you want to know how they get to the second floor? Uh, quickly, because our, sure okay, our guest right, is online. I'm sure he's dying to know how ants okay. got upstairs in your in your room, so, your house. Uh, uh, a lot of times, they'll just it'll be tree limbs that are touching the house. Uh, or they said sometimes uh, if they get into the house, they follow like uh, plumbing or electrical lines that are through sometimes the house. Sometimes you just and... like to see you get out of the shower, baby. Go <laughs> <laughs> upstairs. All right. Uh, hey, this is exciting. Our next guest is going to be at uh, Parks Casino on Saturday night. This is terrific. He's one of the greatest. And uh, tickets are on sale now. You can get them at parkscasino.com, spelled P-A-R-X, yeah. casino.com. Show starts at 8 o'clock. He is a legend in the world of comedy. Ladies and gentlemen, Dana Carvey Yay! is on. Hi, Dana. Jeez, what a response. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Mallory saying, she's a bit frisky, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Up there in 
Philly town, okay? Getting up early, caffeinating. It's like 2 in the morning to him, and you're like levitating the room, all right, Sparky? That woke me up. I love that. Thanks there, Chico. vaccine for people with ants in their attics. What we can do to eradicate these mutating ants, first of all, you got to protect yourself with my new ant machine. It only works for about 10 minutes, but it's a beautiful time of immunity before those suckers bite you. I'm Tony Fauci. And from the bottom of my all new... This terrestrial radio. Who here, who here, interviewed Paul McCartney? Oh, I did. Preston, yes. You did? What? what was, can you quickly just tell me what that was like? Oh, my God. It was 1993, and uh, I was living in St. Louis at the time. And, and Dana, I did not know I was going to interview him. I was told I was going to meet him. And they take me into a room, and and his manager goes, he goes, okay, you've you've got ten minutes with Paul, and I go, ten minutes to do what? And he goes, for the interview, and I'm like, oh, oh my god! And so I had to do it. This was this was before cell phones wow. were ubiquitous. So there was a landline telephone in his in his dressing room. I got it. I called the hotline to my radio station. And I passed the telephone back and forth between Paul and I as if it was a microphone and interviewed him. And he was the most lovely man I've ever met. He knew I was nervous. He knew that it was a less than ideal situation. Mm. But he was was phenomenal. Your your Paul McCartney kills me, by the way. Uh, she came in, you know, Preston, and it's a bit nervous. It's a bit wobbly. And I knew, you know, had no preparation. So I said, you know, let's do let's do a talker. You have me on the phone, you talk, I talk. You know, and pretty soon we got an interview. You know, we were, the, we were lads, you know, we were, we were, we were chums. And, you know, John and I would sit across from each other like a meal. Because I was left-handed. And we'd play, you know, we'd plonk and I'd look at him. So I plonked back. Pretty soon we're plonky, 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 plonky. And that's how we came up with the White Album. Uh, whoopsie doodle do. Whoopsie doodle do. Yeah. Oh. So I saw the Get Back documentary, and I was doing that kind of as a joke where Paul would eventually not use words and go, you know, you just play it over there and you go, do, 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 do. Yeah. Or, or he would do that with lyrics, you know. Penny Lane, there is a store to do, to do, to do, you know. Yesterday, do, 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 And then he was doing it to George Harrison when George got mad. You know, you just play, you just go, do, 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 do. And Ringo, you go, do, 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 But I mean, so they used... They used like, a, and he they freely admitted that he, he would they would use um, place fillers for words while they were composing a song. So they just they would make these sounds and then oh and then get back to it later. And uh, and that's why you had some of that that, that crazy stuff. I have to tell you, uh, Dana. Just uh, by the way, besides of course the you know the obviously the impression of the characters you created over the years. When I saw you years ago doing actual just regular stand up songs, you know obviously people know you for the impressions and everything. Your stand-up is great. I was howling, um, you know, a, a very Thank sharp you. material, brilliantly written. Um, it, it's it's kind of weird. I think I bet a lot of people don't know what a just you know straight-ahead material-based <laughs> stand-up comedian how 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 good you are. I don't know. I'm I'm okay. I don't think it's my strong suit. I mean, when I started out in the clubs, I loved little clubs because I was 
I didn't even know the difference between a sketch player and a stand-up. Yeah. Because there wasn't Second City where I was. So I played these little clubs, and I it was it, was, it took a long it took me two years ago. Now I'm going to be uh, you know Mr. Willoughby. Hi everybody, I'm a character. Right. You know. But then the more success you get, the rooms get bigger. It's a little harder. Mm. But uh, yeah, I do that. But you know, I throw in a lot of voices and stuff. I mean, but I never consider myself a pure. Impressionist. Well, it, it I was the stuff is great, yeah. and and, and uh, it, it, you know the fact that you're going to be here doing the show is terrific. I also have to tell you, you know, uh, uh, Nick and I are big fans of the the documentary, the Dana Carvey Show, Too Funny to Fail, because oh, I, yeah. God Almighty, when that when the show initially came on, I loved it, and it's about the, the, the short lived. If people don't know the short lived yeah, Dana, Dana Carvey, Carvey Show, eight episodes went on ABC after I think Home Improvement, and our first sketch. Uh, was me at Bill Clinton breastfeeding puppies. <laughs> I mean, I, you need to understand how avant-garde and, and brilliant this show was. And but it just and it, there's the moment in the documentary though, Steve, where Dana, where you guys set up the very special episode of Home Improvement, and then show the clip to you, and then because it's like the Diet Dr Pepper, whatever uh, Dana Carvey hour, yeah. and, and you laughing, and Carell laughing, and Colbert laughing. It just made me laugh so damn hard. It's a great documentary. Well, you know, we, Robert Smigel and I, we wanted to have an old-fashioned old vibe to it, so we pursued Mug Fruit Beer and Taco right. Bell to be our sponsors. We didn't get paid any money. We just <laughs> thought it was cool. Right. And I went on Letterman, and I told him it's called the Taco Bell Presents Dana Carvey Show, and he didn't believe me. <laughs> he, thought, he thought I was joking. But... uh that's cool guy. You guys know all the cool stuff. Oh, um, yeah. My latest impression that I do, and you guys can do it, too. It's very quick. It's Greta Thunberg. Okay. Right. The little girl who yes. lectures the world yes. about climate change. Sure. And it's always just this. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's, That's, the whole thing. That's her phrase. That's oh, so man. Now, there's that, and she's also doing, taken to doing, lately, it's the... Uh, Blah, 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 right? That's her thing when she's, okay, yeah. I don't when know. She's yeah. so disgusted with us. Right now, Al Gore and I are going to dance together, right, Al? <laughs> this plant's heating up, and we're going to heat up with this dance. <laughs> we got a whistle, we got a stop this chum, we're going to stop the right now, private jet. they got to get a little more serious. That's my only point. They can't throw an orgy at every climate conference, a drunken party, and smiling and get on their jets and go, this is dire. We, This planet is getting hot. I'm not kidding you. He's not kidding you. I'm kind of sunburned. We're friends and we dance. Let's go. <laughs> so that's <laughs> uh, great. I also do, I do, I'm kind of doing, it's fun to do Biden and Trump just mm -hmm. in case they are the nominees. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an insurance policy, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Biden, as you guys probably noticed, he came out as sleepy grandpa. Right. And he would say he, he felt he had to say no joke. Yeah. After something that was clearly not a joke. <laughs> my dog. When I was 10, my dog died. My father lost his job. No joke. <laughs> not getting around here. <laughs> he always makes lists. Number one, the one part. Number two, what the guy said. Number three, you know the drill. <laughs> and now, now he was really mad. He whispers and then he screams. It's yeah. such a funny move. This didn't come out till like four months ago. People have to pay their fair share because they gotta pay. It's gotta pay the fair share. That's a funny, funny share. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Let's keep 
Oh, the pilot part of public parts of the Caribbean. <laughs> so he always ends with Pirates of the Caribbean. And then I do. <laughs> the only way I can make Trump interesting to me now is that he sounds like he's pitching a family vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like he has no subject matter. We're, we're going to be going places like you wouldn't believe. We're going to be doing things, and you're going to be happy. Many people are saying, some are saying, we don't like this. We don't want it, but you're going to be happy, and everybody is talking about it. We're going to do things like you wouldn't believe because we know how to do these things, and we're doing a lot of them. And you're going to see it, and you're going to look at it, and it's going to be there. Where are we going, Daddy? I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh man, I love it. Those two at the show. Yeah, I I love uh, your analysis of of the impressions that you do take on. And I remember way way back when when you when uh, HW but or uh, yeah HW uh, was a big uh, um, uh, character for you. And I remember seeing you on one of the late night talk shows. Uh, starting to explain the right. the mechanisms of of what goes into that uh, particular impression, and I was like, oh, and that was the first time I had seen somebody break it down, as opposed to the the um, uh, mentioning the the gestures and and the tone of voice and all that. And uh, well, I, does, yeah. does, do you have to sometimes break it down like that, or does it just come to you? I uh, I just do, but mostly honestly, like if I would do the any kind of impression, I think I get a little bored, and then. It comes from some real place, but then I love extrapolating it into mm. a character almost. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, by the end of George Lewis Senior, it's like that, that, that. Yeah, it got ridiculous. <laughs> it got silly. It got really it started ridiculous. Out not going to do it. Yeah. Like four years later, it was that, that, that. On the cue card, it was N A G A T A. Die or something. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but he, you know, the difference in the political environment. There was no Twitter, and when I, he ended up. I heard he loved it. He had a great he did. humor. Yep. But I didn't know it wasn't like Trump. You know, Alec Baldwin. That you know they don't like each other. But I didn't know he could have been on Twitter then. Right. And picked off by it. Dana Garney doing that question <laughs> as he's typing impression of me on Saturday Night Live, mm. jumping around like a spastic monkey. Hashtag <laughs> dick. You know, it's it's funny because uh. Lauren, Lauren, obviously you're part of this legendary SNL uh, history, and and you do the the podcast with uh, David Spade, the Fly, Fly Hall, Hall. Mm-hmm. and uh, which is fantastic, by the way. If anyone has you know wants to check it out, because there's I, we, I respect what you guys do because I'm learning to like you're interviewing me now, and the energy is good, and this and that. It's we David and I say you know we didn't prep, we didn't we didn't even have a meeting, we did, we just put the Zoom on. How you doing? Right. So it's kind of a skill set with the. With a guest that's not very active, you ask them a long question. They're like, eh, maybe, you know, you just, I'm here. Yeah. Most of the time, it's just fun and spade. It makes me laugh so hard. Well, I mean, it's, it, it is, it is a, uh, it's a legendary multi-generational show that has mm. such a, such a rich history. And you are part of what is arguably, I would say, mm. the best collection of not do you even call them not ready for primetime players anymore but the you know that that group you were with just from beginning to end from jan hooks to phil hartman to uh uh to, to everyone you know t- top level so hearing those stories and hearing you talk to people who are you know uh, who were after you um it's great because you have this this sort of common thing that only a, a handful of people can understand what it was like uh, yeah. correct yeah i mean because you you turned yeah, out that, that... That part of it is almost emotional because people 
get a little emotional about it. Like, why did I leave the show or how did I do? And it's a seminal moment for everybody. Most of the time you come on there and you're totally unknown. And it's like a reality show. Like there's going to be four new people on SNL this week. It's like, oh, it's them. And, and then over time, how are they going to go? But Lauren Michaels is on. It's a two-parter. He's on right now. Oh. On the wall. And well, I did talk about that. I just go, we had a lot of weapons around late 80s, early 90s, because I said you had a, I said you had a lot of weapons as a producer because maybe Mike would do sprockets or yeah. we'd have a tune says the cat or Adam Sandler would play a guitar <laughs> right. or you know we do Hans and Franz right we had so many weapons when we were saddling the Sandler Farley Spade Chris Rock and then Mike and I were still there the great Phil Hartman of course Jan Hooks Kevin Nealon. I don't want to miss anyone. Dennis Miller, just, yeah. just a machine. I've never written with someone who could just, just machine him out like that. Okay, what's the, what's the take on this 93.3? You got a moniker? Huh? Tommy and the Bull, is that it? Does anybody have a zoo animal name in there? Okay. That's spot on. But it's spot on. Goes up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you mentioned earlier, like, you know, the, the having cue cards, but... When I look back at that time, it doesn't. I don't feel like you guys were ever reading off a cue card. Not like no. now. Not like Not now. Like and now. like Bowen Yang, I think now of, of the current players, he's the like, he seems more, to know his lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, I mean, yeah, yeah. How how often do you feel like you were reading? Well, yeah, those are tricky, and I, you know, it depends how heavy you are in the show. Um, the, obviously, if it's in one, like you're the president, there's the card. Like that, Hans yeah. and Franz would just go to the cards. Mm -hmm. But in like a scene, Phil became brilliant at it. And he had a thing where if he was talking to a guy to his left and his cue card's over the shoulder, there was another cue card over Phil's shoulder behind him. So he could go, what are you doing? And just look around like he's looking around the world and grab it from the other side. Ah. You can visualize that. But you don't want to have a guy or woman actress in front of you and then you're close up and you're going back and forth so you go to the cue card then you go back to her or him to go to the cue card you want to just pick a place and stay there so there's a lot of technique to it but the best was this this guy who i love so christopher walken comes on to host the show <laughs> and i'm in a scene with him and he doesn't look at me at all it wasn't like just as live on air. He looks at he looks right at the cue card and just reads right off the cue card and never looks at me. And it was it was charismatic. He's just going, Don't know whether we should go there. We could now and and that, that solved the whole cue card problem. <laughs> so I was on teleprompters are a bitch, man. I was on Jimmy Kimmel and I was doing this Bush thing and running around but the teleprompter couldn't be very close and it's tiny and it, they're rolling it so i really could barely see no they, they, you were you were you did a great job uh you know uh, with kimmel you were right right at home filling in and 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 doing that but i i agree as uh, on the rare occasion that they've asked us to go do anything television based with one of those teleprompters it really makes you appreciate uh, the great news anchors and their, their ability yeah. to, to to go through that stuff because I find I get lost so easily in scrolling text that way. Mm -hmm. I know, and if you want to improvise a little bit with a cue card, it's just sort of stagnant there, and then you can go off. But the prompter guy just keeps rolling it, you know, yeah. and he gets confused. And anyway, it was it was a challenge. <laughs> yeah. uh, not my finest day. I'll show here we are with uh, 
the Preston and Steve Show. <laughs> I understand they have quite a following in the greater Philadelphia area. Did you know that, Ed? No, sir. I just had... Uh, I just had two slippery monkeys at the hook and crook. I'm a little toasty right now. I, yeah. <laughs> I just like old-fashioned cocktails coming from Johnny Carson with it. Oh, there's there, there's a cha- there's a channel. I think it's it's it might be on Pluto or one of these multitude of now just reverential nostalgic. Um, but there is one that shows literally nothing but old. Carson Tonight shows, and that's exactly that. That there was nothing like that in the world. That whole vibe, him lighting up a cigarette, uh, you know, the the, the, the the paneling, the whole thing. It was great. It, it was clearly of a time, but there'll never be anything like that again. That was, I, you know, when Don Pardo said, "Dana Coffee," just the adrenaline and the fear yeah. on SNL. And then I'm not sure if Carson might have been the most nerve-wracking when I first mm. went out and then you hear that iconic voice and he's going to say your name. Yeah, And it's like, it's so surreal. A gentleman joins us. He's had um, <laughs> quite a bit of success on a Saturday Night Live with a character um, called the Church Lady. Let's um, bring him out. Damn. <laughs> and then you're sitting next to him and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's there's, they wore a ton of makeup then. Yeah, He played a lot of tennis, maybe a few cigarettes, maybe a few other things. So you're like a foot from a giant Johnny Carson face, and you can't even believe it's talking at you. <laughs> you kind of go to a sir, yeah. well, uh, how you doing? And I'm observing what is going on. <laughs> it's a giant, huge Johnny Carson face talking at you. It's terrifying. Okay, yes. I got used to it. Yeah. Dana, um, you had a, a comedy special, I think it was in the 90s, and uh, I just want to thank you because you gave me a perspective on fatherhood that had never occurred to me, and it, it, it wrapped up with... Uh, one of your kids asking you if God had feet. And that phrase uh, has stuck with me my entire life. And and my brothers and I echo it. We still ask that uh, of each other. And then, you know, we get questions similar to that from our kids. And so it was just, it was a really cool, refreshing moment um, to see a glimpse into your personal life and, and how your kids looked up to you and asked you, yeah, you and any questions awesome. like that. That's a brilliant, I mean, thank you, first of all. That's, that's just that's what you want as a comedian or anybody that people take one of your things and use it to communicate. But yeah, does God have feet just because they're so adorable, which I had said on that. Aww. It's like a superpower at a certain age. You can't <laughs> discipline them. You can't do anything. They're just, there's God, you know, uh, the one that on the bookend of that, that's kind of an anthem for parents. There's two, two. When my son called me once when he was like 21 and he didn't have any power in his house. And I said, well, maybe you should call the landlord. And then he said this, like, this, like, I'm not real good at calling landlords. Could you do it? Oh, no. <laughs> one where the parents shake their heads. And then the other one was the one from 2016 when they're in the Roman Coliseum with us. And it was it's almost like, are we there yet? Yeah. But this was like the passive aggressive teenager who's bored. Uh, and we're in the Roman Coliseum. I was yeah. like... Uh, is this pretty much all we're going to do today? Is it your son uh, doing stand-up now? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, is it Dex is his name? Uh, yes, he's doing stand-up. Well, we did recently, we, we did a scripted podcast. It's kind of a little bit of a long story, but him and the neighborhood kids became fanatics about the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, cause I had the VHS tape. So we 
we had this show we were kind of doing around, so we decided to do it like an album, a scripted, a scripted comedy podcast called The Weird Place. And we're doing it with Team Coco, Conan O'Brien's company. We just finished it. Cool. And it's basically, I, care, I play a character named Rod. But you can't say the other name. Right. <laughs> and it's these sci-fi, you know, fantasy. There's a pirate. There's a submarine that goes through a time portal to 1738. There's a uh, an alien who comes down and has to convince humans that he he or she eats uh, bomb-making materials. And there's, <laughs> then there's a man who touches a globe and realizes it affects the real world. Like he touches France and stuff happens in France. So <laughs> I like that. And all the while you've got Rod and all these different characters. A sci-fi adventure. So fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> I'm, I'm Rod. I'm back. Can you dig it? <laughs> I love it. And we don't, we don't know if he's an AI, but anyway, drops Halloween night or anywhere you get podcasts. The Weird Place. The Weird Place. And fly on the wall every Wednesday. Excellent. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, more importantly, uh, for everyone here in town, uh, the Excite Center at Parks Casino Saturday night, Dana will be there for a show. The show is at 8 p.m., and you can get tickets at parkscasino.com. You want a night where you want to laugh, that's what you got to do. <laughs> Jump on by, you know, we may, sometimes we do a thing where people, you know, ask a few questions. They say have any questions, like, you know, what kind of socks do you wear? <laughs> like that, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, but if you want to come by, we'll have fun. You know, we kind of riff around, do, do a couple, we do a little doobie-doo-doo-doo. We do a little doodly-doo-doo. You see, where? And then you go doodly-doodly-doodly-doo. The fact that you do you do oh. conversational McCartney is what kills me oh. because that, that it, I, I do the outlandish end of it, but you do this it, it, that those quiet exchanges that it's it's spot on, yeah. it's so great. I like doing it too. Thank you. You're the best ever. Yeah, good question, uh, Dana. Uh, sometimes you can be rough. You guys are crazy. <laughs> no, we we love you. Thank you so much, and enjoy your time here in uh, Philadelphia when you get in this weekend. All right. I appreciate it. All right, anytime. Thanks, Please give some love to Dana Carvey. Yeah. I love that man. Yes. He's so, outstanding. It, it, the creme de la creme of oh. what of the top yeah. Saturday Night Live uh, players. You're absolutely By correct. Far. All right, we have to break now, like right now, because we're like six minutes away from oh. your opportunity to win $1,000. You Who Loot is up next. Stay with us. What's new? Why do you ask? Red Hot Chili Peppers. Collective Soul. Ghosts. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Uh, we're going to get to a uh, concert announcement coming up in uh, music news. Um, we have a guest standing by. What are we doing first here? I would go to the guest first because okay. we, we've been making our way for a half hour. All right, and then we'll go. Then we'll go to the uh, bizarre file. So uh, this weekend, in fact, Saturday is the 16th annual Mutt Strut that is taking place. Always a blast. And we are happy to welcome, as always, the executive director of Pause. This is Melissa Lee. Hey. Hi there, hey, Melissa. Everybody. Good morning to you. Good morning. All right, so we got our 16th annual event. This is in full force happening. Steve, you're going to be there this weekend. I'm going to be there, yes. Yeah. All right, now, I'm going to get to this right away. The weather's not looking great. Yeah. What, uh, what do you guys have planned as far as that is concerned? 
So the weather's not looking great. We are watching it like a hawk, as you can imagine. Our rain date is Sunday, um, but we are going to wait until tomorrow morning because the forecast is changing so quickly okay. to just be sure we've got uh, the most reliable information before we decide which way to go. So you let let us know, and then if people want to just assess how things are standing, what's the best site to go to to ascertain whether it's on for Saturday or Sunday? So we will email everyone who has registered and we will post it on phillypaws.org. We'll post it on pawsmutstrut.org and we'll share it on all of our social channels. Okay, and, and to register, for people, who can you can still register, yes, and be a part of it? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, you can still register, you can still create your fundraising page and win prizes. And regardless of how the event plays out in person, we've got great fundraising prizes that we hope everyone will strive for. But pawsmutstrut.org is where you can do it all. And it all takes place at the Navy Yard, correct? It does, right? Yeah. And, and and so it's it's a great location. Uh, obviously, that makes it more a little bit more problematic if it's a monsoon. So, but it, <laughs> we we've we've been there for inclement, and it was still fine. And what yeah. it is, it's just a collection of of all things, um, you know, uh, dog, um, you know, uh, uh, related from all sorts of booths and everything of interest, fun stuff. Uh, you know, uh, uh, obstacle courses, and it all culminates with the uh, the headline event, Melissa, which is? Yes, so we do the, the actual strut is uh, a mile and a half walk through the Navy Yard. Um, it's a really fun, uh, you know, path through the Navy Yard so you can kind of see a little behind the scenes. The mummers kick it off. Um, but yeah, in general, it's a, it's a festival atmosphere. It's a celebration of dogs. Um, and the funds enable us to to save more animals all year long. Pause is vigilant in getting this work done and does great work. And this event is is the critical event for you guys. And you do some other events throughout the years, but this is the one that raises the funds. And obviously you're always on a goal to make, uh, you know, Pennsylvania no-kill uh, state. And and, uh, and there are a lot of animals that are in in dire need of this assistance that you provide. So you get to have a great time and you end up benefiting animals. Uh, and, and so it's a win-win in both counts. Yep, everybody wins. It's a really fun time. You can come out. There's just so much fun kind of dog watching because it's October, everybody. Uh, lots of folks come out with their dogs in costume. Some people join their dogs being in costume. <laughs> um, so we've got a costume contest and a talent contest and food trucks and there'll be live music. So it's going to be a great time. Whenever Mother Nature allows for it to happen, uh, we will let everybody know and uh, really hope everybody comes out and just joins a celebration because, yeah, the, the funds that that we raise um, really do translate into lives that we can save. Fundraising done by uh, individuals and teams, and uh, I would like to come out just to meet the uh, the team called the Fishtown Bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who I saw are one of the top fundraisers here on the website. Yes, <laughs> they are they are new to us this year, and I think they'll be making a splash. <laughs> nice. All right, so uh, just keep that in mind. The event is scheduled for Saturday. Uh, Melissa and company are keeping an eye on things. Uh, rain date for Sunday. Hopefully the weather's going to be a little bit better then. In case not, we'll just stay in touch and find out what's going on. But the, everything is available at phillypaws.org if you want to register, if you want to find out the information. It's all right there. You all got right. it. All right. Thanks thank so you, much. Melissa. You good, good luck with everything. All right. We thank appreciate you so you much. You got it. Melissa Lee. And the mutt strut. I know I have. We have our big uh, 5K for yeah. a mother's wish for Crohn's and colitis uh, Saturday as well. And... I don't know, ma'am. We'll have to wait and see. The last, the walk a mile, the last time, Preston, yeah. you know, the, that's the risk you run with these kind of things. Yeah. Uh, it was a torrential downpour. You were unable to make it, but we, 
you sort of adapt. And, yeah. uh, you know, you try to keep the cause in mind. If it has to be moved, it'll be moved. But, um, you know, it'll, it'll, it all yeah. works out. It'll get worked out. All right, we need to do the Bizarre File. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you by Jersey Mike's. Planning your game day football feast? Well, Jersey Mike's has got you covered with everything you need for a great party or a tailgate. You can order ahead on the Jersey Mike's app and skip the line. Jersey Mike's, a sub, a bub. A woman uh, said a man she met on a dating app drove her into a river after getting annoyed with her. Mm. Police found the victim, who has not yet been identified, crying and still soaking wet near a, bo- a boat launch in Providence, Rhode Island, early on Sunday morning. I think a simple, this isn't working out, would suffice, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she told police that Before her evil Knievel it. Her date became angry with her and drove a red Toyota Camry into the nearby uh, Seekonk River. Seekonk, Kong-Kong. Yeah, it's by the... <laughs> in the side along Kong Kong River. Uh, the woman. <laughs> That's as they're barreling towards the river. She's. Gonna... I don't understand what you're saying. I don't. What did I do? What did I do? <laughs> uh, the woman was able to open her passenger door and swim out of the river. Uh, the police did not say who owned the Camry. Uh, the man can be seen leaving the scene on security camera footage by a nearby business, and he appears to be wearing a black hoodie and jeans. I'll call you. Uh, the woman said she met her date on the app Plenty of Fish, by the way. Oh, well, it's appropriate. Hence the river. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was an actual fish he was dating. One month prior to the incident in Providence, a man in Washington State was held hostage and robbed gunpoint when he met a date on Plenty of Fish. Uh, police said the victim, a 30-year-old man, went to meet a 19-year-old woman at her apartment that he met on the app. And when he got to the apartment, the man was... Uh, held hostage by an accomplice for nearly three hours. A robber tried to get the man to transfer $6,000 to him, but the bank transaction was flagged as fraudulent. Both the woman and the would-be robber were eventually caught and arrested by police. They are both charged with kidnapping. Mm. Timothy White normally just pretends pretends to be a superhero, but on Monday he became one for real when he dove into the side of a moving vehicle after the driver passed out behind the wheel near Harrisburg's high school. Uh, it was around 5.30 p.m., and White, known among friends for his love of comics and dressing up as Captain America for events, had left for work to run uh, to the giant grocery store. He was on the phone with his aunt when he noticed a pickup truck swerving all over the road and headed toward his vehicle. Uh, through the windshield, White said he could see a middle-aged man nodding off behind the wheel. White mm-hmm. abruptly ended his phone call, made a U-turn in the middle of the street. He said, immediately, my body was like, I need to go save this guy. But at this point, White was four cars behind the truck. He decided to pull over, shift his car in park, and then run after the truck. In loafers, he sprinted more than half a dozen blocks as the truck repeatedly struck the curb and some traffic signs. Eventually, he caught up to the truck. He jumped into the passenger side of the cab and forced the truck's gear shift into park, and he took the keys and called 911. It's amazing. Yeah. He is Captain America. Police confirmed White's account and said an ambulance took the driver to the hospital for treatment for medical emergency he suffered while driving. White said... Uh, police suspected the driver was suffering from diabetic shock. And I, and I saw a picture of him in cosplay. Yeah. He's got a cool uniform. He's dressed. Oh. He's African-American, so he's dressed as the new Captain yes, America. new Captain America. Check out that. Isn't that badass? That's excellent. Yeah, so. Uh, By the way, my new Captain America figure should be coming any day now. <laughs> oh, please. Keep us up to date on that. Uh, so White said adrenaline took over when he sprung into action, but he would do it again if he had a chance. He also said he's not, it's not the first time he's jumped to help uh, someone in need. 
Uh, when he was in high school, White said he kicked in the door of a burning Harrisburg home to make sure that no one was trapped inside. So this guy is really helping out. A Brazilian couple has enraged the Internet and reportedly the Brazilian government after a video of them turning a waterfall into a unnatural electric colored blue on September 25th for a gender reveal party. Uh, so this is in Brazil. So they do that stupid crap there, too. Yeah. Not just here. Uh, the video was reportedly posted for their social media accounts before later being deleted and shows the waterfall rushing Gatorade Frost Blue and a crowd of people celebrating among blue and pink balloons, a giant balloon and a canister admitting blue smoke. Well, at least they didn't set a forest on fire. Yeah, that's true. The unidentified couple reportedly deleted the original video, but it's since been uploaded onto multiple social media platforms. The river, identified as the Kima P River, uh, Pay River, I guess not P River. Yeah, is a that's the uh, Piss River. Popular tourist destination in Brazil. It's blue, all right, and a primary uh, primary water source for the nearby central west town of Tangara de Serra. Uh, the Secretary of State for the Environment of Meto. Uh, Meto Grosso uh, released a statement saying that it would be investigating the couple to determine what products were used in the dye and if there is any environmental damage to the event. It was powdered asbestos. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's that, completely harmless. Yeah, they're okay. All right, and then we will do one more story and wrap it up. Let's end with this one. Uh, Leslie Marsh of Utah filed for divorce from her husband, but he wanted to keep a memento of their marriage. It was a book filled with boudoir photos and intimate messages. So there's naked pictures of her here. Yeah. The Utah judge, Michael Edwards, ordered Marsh to give the album to a third party to edit the images. Come on. The edited version of the book will then be given to the ex-husband. Oh, yeah. When when Marsh heard the ruling, she... She called the judge's clerk confused. She said, the judge has ordered me to give nude photos of my body to a third party, and I don't know without my consent. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, Once this is over, Mars says that uh, she will hold a burning party to destroy the original book. So, there you go. That is what I have. Why don't you let me have the book for the weekend? (laughs) (laughs) Just to make sure. Just to make sure. Yeah. All right, and that's what I have in the uh, bizarre file for you. All right, you, uh, now you're out of time. Ah, If you entered the word, good luck to you. I might win. If not, sorry. Next time, though, is at noon, so it is coming up. By the way, uh, Casey's Big Adventure Daily Rush video number five is out, day five. Uh, And the description says they did it. 2,405 miles and 99 hours of travel. 99 hours of travel. Wow. That's a lot. Uh, Casey, Jackie, and Kyle made it to their Pacific Ocean, to the Pacific Ocean. And you can be the first to see uh, the newest Daily Rush by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's sponsored by Xfinity's Gig Speed Internet. You can learn more at Xfinity.com. When we come back, we will ask a lesson question of you. We'll get the trash. And in music news, we'll have a concert announcement. Yes. E- announcement. <laughs> One of them there concert announcements. Yeah. Matter of fact, I might do it over there at the picture show. And you know what I would like to do as well is give away some t- uh, some uh, gift cards for a place where Casey is going to be tonight. Saloon 151 Whiskey Bar and Grill. And they're in Westchester. They're at 151 Gay Street, which is why they're Saloon 151 Whiskey Bar and Grill. Uh, Casey will be there tonight from 7 to 9. It is with the Thursday night Bud Light kickoff. And I'll take callers 15 and 16 and give you $25 gift cards 
to head to Saloon 151. They're back-to-back. It's a back-to-back Westchester. Let me try this again. Chester County Chili Cook-Off winner. Uh, and they're getting ready to uh, three-peat at next week's big event. Oh, so they clearly know what they're doing. you got to have the chili. Yes, I up. do. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an Internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. It's kind of self-explanatory after that. Want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We've got a few things before we vacate the premises for the day. One of them is... um, a chance for you to win something. Uh, we have, as a lesson question this morning, Raising Cane's Chicken Finger Prize Pack. And it comes with all kinds of goodies, which I'll tell you about in just a moment. But in the meantime, uh, let's go with this question. This might be kind of a tough one. Which guy does Nick like to hang out with and drink coffee uh, and Bailey's in an alley? <laughs> there are two guys. <laughs> We, we can have one of them. If you remember either name, that'll be fine. Which guy does Nick like to hang out with to drink coffee and Bailey's in an alley? 215-263-WMMR. I wonder if you know the answer to that. Call, and we'll find out. We'll do the trash while you're calling. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, focused on being the best at one thing and getting it right every time. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Now open in Fairless Hills in the court at Oxford Valley. One love. What's happening this morning, Steve? Well, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen wrote out Hurricane Ian in separate homes as the two are reportedly now living apart, dealing with marital issues. Amazingly, one of Bunchen's big issues with Brady is that he, quote, never wants to spend natural disasters together. Oh, oh my God. Mel C. Preston, a.k.a. Sporty Spice, revealing she was almost kicked out of the group in the early days. Mel says she's not a fan of the name Sporty Spice, but could not sell the other girls on her chosen name Far More Talented Spice. Oh, my God. And finally, Backstreet Boy A.J. McLean claiming to be in the best shape of his life. He lost 32 pounds since February. McLean followed a simple diet where he would skip a meal every time someone forgot he was in the Backstreet Boys. Uh, (laughs) We're going to try to give some away right now. Correct answer. We're looking for this. Uh, Which guy does Nick like to hang out with to drink coffee and Bailey's in an alley? And we'll go to Nick, who's on the line. Hi, Nick. Good morning. Sucking on a chili dog. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on a chili dog. All right, Nick, uh, who does Nick like to hang out with and drink uh, coffee and Baileys in the alley with? Again, Skeeter. Skeeter. (laughs) And we would have accepted Dutch as well. All right, Nick, going to give you a Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers prize pack, and it includes a soft cooler, T-shirt, koozie, and Raising Cane's gift cards for free combo meals and soft drinks. Raising Cane's is focusing on being the best at one thing and getting it right every time. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers now open in Fairless Hills in the court at Oxford Valley. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! 
few things to mention in music news, and since I've been uh, teasing through the course of the morning, I thought maybe we'd start with the concert announcement. So let's begin with this. Uh, this show is going to be Sunday, March 19th at the Wells Fargo Center, and tickets for the event are going to t- go on sale uh, Friday, uh, so a week from this Friday, October 7th at 10 a.m. at Wells Fargo Center, Philly. And the band who's going to be coming to town is Muse. Yeah. It's the Muse Will of the People Tour. And they're going to have a special guest with them. Evanescence is going to be performing. Wow. That is a great show. Uh, Tickets on, like I said, show is Sunday, March 19th, Wells Fargo Center. Tickets will go on sale Friday, October 7th, 10 a.m. via wellsfargocenterphilly.com. And all this weekend... Muse is going to be our featured MM artist, and that means hourly songs, chances all weekend to win tickets before you can buy them. And you want to listen to uh, our show next week, our Word of the Week prize, the following week, this is really cool, the home and away tickets to the Philly show and a trip for two to see Muse in Vegas. So you get to go here. Amazing. And then we send you on a trip to Las wow. Vegas. Amazing. To well. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet deal. So... Uh, that will be coming up uh, next week for the Word of the Week prize. But tickets all this weekend with Muse. And you can get the details at WMMR.com. So we're excited about that. All right. On to other stories. We'll uh, follow up with uh, some info about the uh, Taylor Hawkins tribute in Los Angeles. In fact, Connor, did you come, come in the studio? Because Connor uh, took the day off yesterday. Um, he flew out to L.A. and went to the show. Had great seats. And uh, ended up having a great time, but performers included. Yeah. We'll get Connor on. Hang on. Uh, included a, a whole host of people we've mentioned before: uh, Rush, uh, Stuart Copeland, Queens Taylor. Uh, you know, Queen was there. Yeah. Um, uh, Joan Jett, Travis Barker, Joe Elliott, and Phil Collins of Def Leppard, Alanis Morissette, uh, Chad Smith, Kesha. Uh, Chris Novoselic, Wolfgang uh, Van Halen uh, from the Cars, Elliot Easton, uh, Sebastian Bach, Geezer Butler, uh, Lars Ulrich, Miley Cyrus, Nancy Wilson, Pink, Joe Walsh, Nikki Six and Tommy Lee, Taylor Momsen, Jack Black, Dave Chappelle, and more. I saw um, Miley Cyrus posted something on uh, on Instagram. It was a, a voicemail that Taylor had left for her saying, yo, like, uh, I'm, I'm not in town right now, but listen, man, I was just listening to Photograph from Def Leppard. And he's like, I totally think that that's a song that you could crush. And so that's why she sang that song. Oh, man. With, yeah. Uh, she, and she yeah. does a damn good job. Mm-hmm. Connor was telling a sad story uh, earlier this morning off air. So you uh, you went and the event was, it was long, right? Yes. Yeah, started at 7 o'clock at night and it went until 1 a.m. Whoa. Wow. It's a yeah. long haul, man. And it was nonstop the whole time. You no said kidding. there was le- like, le- it seemed like there was like less than a minute, like one band I, would get I, off. I swear, because it would, like one song would end and that band would wave, get off. And I'll be like, all right, cool, time to grab a beer. <laughs> Literally, not even stepping into the concourse. Wow! And next, someone else comes on stage, and you're like, oh, what the hell? Like, I, I gotta <laughs> run and get there. Like, it was, it was so fast. It, but it was quick. It was tight. It was yeah. like everything you want. Um, and then you realize you're like, oh wait, it's only nine thirty. You're like, <laughs> like, like five yeah. more hours. Of yeah, so, and you so were standing for most of it, right? The whole I stood for the whole thing. Yeah, bad so, knees, flat feet, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is gonna suck. But didn't bother me all all the time. Maybe oh, it was adrenaline great. or just something. But so okay. to to start the show, the first uh, 
performance, and we played audio of it yesterday, was uh, Viola Grohl uh, singing Hallelujah. Uh, did Dave come out and address the crowd first? No. So no. It, it was just kind of uh, lights kind of went down. Um, her and uh, Lane Johannes, who's a guitarist that works with uh, those guys and like Queens of the Stone Age and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, they came out. They started to perform. They came off stage. Then all the Foo Fighters came out. Um, as they did in Wembley, and they dressed everything like it's a night of celebration, right. singing, dancing, Taylor's favorite songs, um, favorite artists, friends, all this stuff. So the, the song selection, as Preston was guessing earlier, was all based on, it was just random. It, there's things that uh, had a real direct connection to Taylor himself. Yes. Okay. And then from there, um, Dave uh, introduced Joan Jett. She came out. Um, and then also said Travis Barker's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, played two songs. Um, Joan had like a nice little uh, like tribute to Taylor. And then literally like two songs came <laughs> off. Next next person came on. Chevy Metal like, was after it, that. And it was one, one right after another. Boom. I don't think I've ever seen a show. Uh, think of how there's there's always a wait, especially mm-hmm. if you do like a festival show or something like that. You know, they, they, there's a turnover. But you you're saying just like literally minutes between. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah, so, you know, like uh, his his cover band, Chevy Metal, uh, did like Owner of a Lonely Heart from Yes. Oh, that's a great song. Uh, you know, uh, they did Heroes from David Bowie. They did uh, Riff Raff from ACDC. And I'm sure they chose these because for whatever reason, Taylor loved those songs. So John Davison of Yes or Phil yep. Ganford or yeah, yep. whatever was friends with Taylor, came out, did that song um, with Chevy Metal. Kesha came out for Heroes. Had a wardrobe malfunction during it and stuff. Oh, really? Yes, her, her, yeah. her, her so rack she, was exposed, right? Yeah, so yeah. she was wearing like this long, silver, <laughs> shiny cape. It almost looked like pieces of tile. Right, yeah. Um, was like her skirt, and it was like silver. <laughs> and then she had like just like a silver bikini top. And then just like looking, it like looked shifted. <laughs> and then like you're just like looking at the screen and just like watching her. And she's very like kind of like artsy and like, yeah. da- like kind of weird, like the way she's dancing. And then I'm like... Oh, that looks like a star. And I'm like, is that her boob? And then, like, literally, and then next thing you know, she, like, turns around, and then the thing just, like, drops. And she just kind of, like, looks down, but, like, continues to sing, like, what the hell? No, oh, man. And then when she was done, she's like, ah, oh, Taylor would have uh, enjoyed Yeah, he would have loved that. Let me mention some other uh, songs uh, that were played, and I'll just kind of, you don't have to go through the entire set, but uh, the James Gang did uh, Walk Away and Funk 49. Yeah, Walk Away uh, Wolfgang uh, Van Halen did Panama and Hot for Teacher. Uh, and there also John Fries and, and uh, Justin Hawkins and Dave Gold joined him. So Dave was jumping up some from time to time playing drums. Almost right? every person that was out there, Dave... And or the Foo Fighters joined them, okay, for something. But That's he played cool. bass uh, for uh, the Van Halen stuff. Uh, so Def Leppard did uh, Rock of Ages. He did Photograph with Miley Cyrus singing that, like you said. Uh, Nikki Six, Tommy Lee, uh, and others uh, got up and did Live Wire and Home Sweet Home. Uh, Elliot Easton from the Cars. Uh, was joined by um, the Foo Fighters and Josh Homme, and they did uh, Shake It Up and Just What I Needed. A mm. couple of cool Cars tunes. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Wilson was uh, with Pink and Foo Fighters and did uh, Barracuda. Is that killed pretty cool? It. Killed yeah. it. Yeah. Pink just killed it. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely destroyed that. Um, she came out for a few other songs as well and just murdered it. That's awesome. That's cool to hear. Love it. Uh, Stuart Copeland uh, got up and uh, played uh, Next to You and Every Little Thing She Does is Magic. Uh, Foo Fighters joined him for that. Um, Alanis Morissette. Uh, she came out and just did one song, right? One song. 
Yeah, she did. You ought to know. And, like, the place went wild. Everyone was singing along. It was very loud at that point. Um, it sounded great. Uh, but it was like, ah, I wanted one more song. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. some people were doing two or three songs, and it's like, it was real quick. They're like, all right, Alanis. She came out, started singing, jamming, and then was done, and then just walked off, and that was it. And it's like, oh, all right, uh, another <laughs> minute. And then someone else will come on. But Alanis she, looks good. Vocally, was she was she hitting it? Yeah. I, okay. I, I loved it. So. All right. Did, did, did Alanis appear a little curvier? She looks buxom. Yeah. A little. Yeah, I, she's to me. I always considered a kind of wafer. Uh, then he had um, Geezer Butler, Sebastian Bach, uh, Lars. Wait, Sebastian Bach? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they did uh, Supernaut uh, from Black Sabbath and Paranoid from Black Sabbath, uh, and then Rush came out. So you had um, Alex and uh, Getty. Yeah, uh, and they played with uh, a, a roster of drummers. It says here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Grohl played uh, 2112, uh, The Overture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Smith came in and played Working Man with him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Danny Carey of Tool, you know, you got to get a badass drummer to play YYZ. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so that had to have been pretty cool. Yeah. I and, mean, seeing Rush three times. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool to see, <laughs> see something like that. Yeah. Uh, Matt Cameron, Kim Thale, Chris Novoselic, Taylor Monson, Pat Smear, Dave Grohl. Uh, all got out and did a, uh, a Soundgarden tribute. Amazing. Uh, the Day I Tried to Live and uh, Black Hole Sun. Uh, how was Taylor? Great. I yeah. mean, vocally, she killed it. And I know with her past with Chris Cornell, yeah, um, that was definitely emotional. And I'm Sure. I mean, I just love that whole, like, 90s grunge. So having all those guys together was just, I thought, was, was really cool. And having them just do that and... I mean, there was not a bad performance there. It doesn't sound like it, and it sounds like everything was, you know, curated to an optimum condition. I think uh, Matt Cameron played on Taylor's kit, if I read that correctly, and um, mm, a bunch of people did. did okay, yeah. Uh, then you had uh, Queen uh, come out with uh, Foo Obviously, Fighters, so sucking yeah. on a chili dog, and uh, well, no, <laughs> they did suck it on a chili <laughs> they dog, did? but uh, wow. that's in, sucking on a chili dog. Yeah. Sucking on a chili dog. No, they had, they had a pretty chunky set. So they did We Will Rock You, I'm In Love With My Car, Under Pressure, uh, Somebody to Love, and uh, Love of My Life. So Pink sang Somebody to Love? Yeah. Oh, I bet that yeah. was badass. I mean, it was just one of those, like, I know she's a great artist and a great singer, but I've never seen her. Yeah. And I never had, like, the want to see her. But yeah. now it's like, ah, I kind of want to go see her. <laughs> like, after this, it made me appreciate her more, and just like, I got to go see her. If she's, like, killing these songs... Just knowing what she does in her shows with the acrobatics and stuff. Right, yeah. No, she's that. super talented. There's no no two ways about it. And then Foo Fighters got up and they did the uh, the final set. So they did All My Life, uh, The Pretender, which Pink sang. Uh, Walk with, uh, with uh, Travis Barker, played drums. Uh, Low with uh, Matt Cameron playing drums. Uh, this is a call. Brad Wilk played drums. Uh, this guy's a neighborhood. Pat Wilson played on that. Uh, Creep. When we we listen to the audio. There's Dave Chappelle saying that. Yeah, that was a that was a cool surprise. Um, Dave is a comedian, yeah. not a singer. <laughs> yes. um, but it was a nice surprise to see him come out for that and, and do that. And Sounded like he did okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. again, he's a comedian. He's yeah. not a singer. <laughs> um, but it, it's pretty cool because. He, he's not doing that live in any of his shows. So. Right, yeah, right. So every time they had a singer come out, like so when Pink did uh, Pretender, I guess that's when Dave went behind the kit? No, no. I don't know. It doesn't say. He didn't go behind the kit at all for okay. uh, Foo Fighters. Fighters. No. Okay. Right. Um, then he had, uh, they did Run, uh, this great drummer named Omar Hakeem played. Um, Best of You, Rufus Taylor played. My Hero, Shane Hawkins on that. 
uh, who is, of course, his son. Yeah. And Shane played on two songs. So we saw him play My Hero in the England uh, show in tribute, and he was great. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty awesome. Just as much emotion, and just he also brought so much energy into it. Um, I remember, like you said, you just saw him just banging away at yeah, the drums. hard. And then he went into I, I'll Stick Around, and with that, I wasn't expecting I thought it was just going to be the same thing as London, My Hero, and then move on, but he went right into it. And I'm like, oh, all right. Because just, again, just the energy and the yeah. speed. I mean, he was... I think that might have been the highlight. I wonder if he ends up in the long run in the band. Being in the band, yeah. Maybe, maybe. And then uh, they ended with Everlong, and uh, Chad Smith and Cayman uh, played that. Did they do... Did did they did they start off quietly on that song and then break into it, or, um, or did they just dive right into it? It's kind of like uh, like we got one more, like this one's for Taylor. Yeah, um, got into it. But watching Chad Smith come out, because he was so close with him, um, you saw him. He got up behind and he and he started like wiping his eyes. Uh, and I came down. And I was like, oh man, stop, stop, start playing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, I couldn't. Uh, wow. Uh, well, these will be. I mean, there is going to be. Uh, uh, like I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I side. still want to see the it first one. Like yeah, lo- there were a lot of cameras. Okay, a couple boom cameras that were like swinging over the crowd and stuff. So, yeah, okay. there's no way you would not definitely give this the full treatment. All right, yeah. our uh, man on the street, uh, Connor Betts. Thank you very go much. Ahead. Thanks for letting me go. No problem. He's also known as Moose. Yes. If you oh. did not know that, oh, so yeah, we don't want to. Oh, yeah. Why don't you forget the moose? For a moment. And then one last story. We shared this in entertainment news earlier, and this is terrible, and not necessarily our format, but rapper Coolio died Yeah, uh, yesterday in Los Angeles. And um, he was 59 years old. He was uh, found dead while he was in the bathroom at a friend's house. Uh, the rapper, whose legal name is Artist Leon Ivy Jr., was visiting a friend late Wednesday afternoon, went to the bathroom. After staying inside for an extended period of time, the friend went inside and found him on the floor. Mm. Uh, the friend reported the call to the EMTs who arrived, and they pronounced him dead on the scene. Um, what they suspect is a cardiac arrest. They didn't find any drugs or anything uh, that looked like it was foul play. Uh, An official cause of death has not been stated yet. That's terrible. Um, he was a Grammy winner. Uh, best known for this song, Gangsta's Paradise, which topped the U.S. charts that year in 1995 and remains uh, one of the best-selling singles of all time. It was nominated for an Oscar, too, for Dangerous Minds, right? I don't, was it for uh, music? Yeah. Maybe. It was the song for the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. All right, um, so sad news there. All right, and ah, this is cool. Marissa just handed this to me. Jackie Bam Bam is debuting new music from Bruce Springsteen this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing a covers album of some soul music that he loved, has always loved. Yeah, I sent you over the teaser video. Yeah. And that kind of gives, I think that gives a good idea of what you're going to be dealing with on this album. Uh, so the song is called Do I Love You? Indeed I Do. So. We have uh, him counting off. This is just the beginning of the okay. song, him All counting right. off the beginning of the song. Hey, kids. It's oh, man. We'll hear more of that later on with Jackie. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll get back. We'll wrap it up. Letter of the Day, Word of the Week prize when we return as well. Stay there. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. 
Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The end. Which means officially when we clock off, it's it's Friday. Oh, yeah. So it's Friday, so rejoice, friends. I love Thursday evening. I know. It's a good night. I yeah. agree. Because yeah. you, 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 you get a little cocky, mm-hmm. like yeah. a loose cannon, but yeah. you still reined in just a bit. A little cocky, babe. Yeah, yeah, that's right, babe. <laughs> Take it. You know, the funny thing is that for years, um, it, you know, the comedian Richard Belzer? Yeah, so, sure. So Dennis Miller was definitely a fan of Richard Belzer, and they both had that kind of... Yeah, 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 very much so. Uh, so I'll start by thanking Dana Carvey, who yeah. was doing the Dennis Miller impression earlier this morning. He was great, man. Perfect, yeah. Shared so many stories and just fun, and he is going to be in our city, in our town, I should say, because he's technically going to be in Bucks County, but... Uh, Dana Carvey will be at the Excite Center at Pars Casino on Saturday night. Great venue. Yeah. He doesn't get around here often, Dana Carvey. Take the time and go see him if you can. Yeah. ParksCasino.com to get your tickets. Also, thank you to, man, Charlie Manuel. And his wife, Missy, were here. He's another great storyteller. Love talking to him. I loved his Paul McCartney story. It was amazing. (laughs) And his impression. Spot on. Uh, Charlie is going to be doing an event. He is uh, signing autographs. He's going to be in Doylestown, another Bucks County location, uh, at uh, the Monkey's Uncle. Mm. And that is on Wednesday the 5th, 7 p.m. to 8.30. And they have his new shirt line that's coming out, T-shirts. And there's a charity angle to it uh, that's going to people who have uh, medical debt and helping out with that. And it, the the shirts are his Sayings, things, yeah. little little uh, little Charlieisms that have been uttered over the years. Um, so you can check out the monkeysuncle.net for information on that. You can go to PrestonSteve.com. I'm sure we have info up about that as well. Thank you to Saloon 151 Whiskey Bar and Grill for being here this morning. It is a Bud Light uh, Thursday night kickoff, and Casey will be there in Westchester this evening. Yes. Uh, from 7 to 9. I will be there from 7 to 9. I will be celebrating pre-Friday with everybody. Absolutely. And thank you to Melissa Levy uh, from Paws and the Mutt Strut is on yes. Saturday. So that uh, you can get information at phillypaws.org. Not the greatest weather day we're looking at, so it may be postponed. Check the website for information. Jackie Bam Bam is here. Yes, I am. Nice Charlie to see you, was buddy. here. Yes. Yeah, Charlie was here. Is this the microphone he was on? Yes. Was. I am so honored. That's nice. How you doing, buddy? I am wonderful. I uh, feel like I'm wrapped up in a blanket of warm laundry. Oh. <laughs> Warm laundry what? or lingerie? Laundry. Oh, okay. it could be both. Yeah. yeah. Just ask Casey boy. Lingerie. <laughs> um, well, let's get the letter of the day from you. Ready? I'm ready. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. The letter F is in freaky. I love it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good word, man. Not sold. <laughs> Jackie, no, what sold it was the was movement. The Doing a little Steven Tyler on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna give away. <laughs> Wait, real quick. Do you like doing Mick or Steven better? Ooh. Uh, 
Early Mick, yeah. new Mick is like he's in a gymnasium. So I'm into the early 70s Mick, but Tyler, I guess, you know. <laughs> oh, exactly. I thought it was Hawking we were talking about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so we're going to give away a pair of the best seats in the house and VIP merch package for the Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction uh, show coming up Friday, October 21st, Wells of Fargo Center and the Celestial Colleagues VIP merch package. Includes access to the Smashing Pumpkins Lounge, executive merch, and VIP entrance and tickets uh, for the show are on sale now via Wells Fargo Center Philly.com. So we'll give that away tomorrow, which is a great thing. Uh, what do you got on the program? You got some cool stuff coming up today, man. Yeah, uh, more of those Pumpkins Jane's tickets. And you mentioned it is uh, International Coffee Day. And I know it's that day because Pancake is running on Duncan with his sneakers. He has Duncan sneakers on oh, out there. I'm like, Cake, hey, awesome. I know you have every hat imaginable, yeah. but you have Duncan sneakers. So we're definitely going to celebrate. We'll get that in. Uh, Workforce Blocks, you mentioned uh, the big MMR concert event, Muse with Evanescence. Uh, we'll do a big, big block. Get ready for that, uh, our big weekend. Billy Joel, The Stranger album, uh, came out today in 77. We'll celebrate that. Allison Shane's also on the docket. Gave us dirt and black gives way to blue. Uh, like you said, we're going to debut the brand new Bruce. I'm super excited. All the Motown classics. This is right in your wheelhouse, man. You love this stuff. Gambling Huff. Yeah. Uh, he's mentioned in attempts, the Supremes. He did it uh, during lockdown. He went into his, you know, his Colt next studio in yeah. his house and just ran tape and was worried about his voice, but going back to his roots. And uh, the this first single we're getting is called Do I Love You? Indeed I Do. Frank Wilson uh, from 65, it's so rare if you have the 45. I think it went for like $2,500. Wow. That, That's a little single. Do I love you? Indeed, I do. I, do. Is that, is yeah, that I so- think okay. that is it, That's, yeah. It's rare, It's Steve. very rare. Yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, I think we have some clips. You heard uh, Moose come back, but uh, Pierre was out there as well from uh, the Taylor Hawkins tribute, and we'll play back some of them. Excellent. Okay. Wonderful. All right, thank you, Jackie. And I want to thank our sponsors, President Steve Show's brought to you today. Uh, by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors, Acme, the grocery store, the President Steve Show. Also brought to you by Squeezed.com. Feel great and lose weight with Squeezed. And by Modia Opioid Use Disorder. If you have opioid use disorder, visit ModiaOUDStudy.com. That's M-O-D-I-A-O-U-D-Study.com. Uh, tomorrow, wrapping up the uh, week in fine fashion, one of our favorites, Brad Williams, the comedian, will be here in our studio. Awesome, yeah. He's hilarious. And... Idina Menzel will be joining us, the famous actress yeah. and, and stage uh, performer. Uh, she and her sister will be on the program, too. Excellent. And we'll give away a Word of the Week prize, and we'll do more uh, Yoohoo Loot and a bunch of other things. That's it. We're done. Rage on, and have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. Though where loose change makes something of itself deal. Because only at McDonald's can a stop at the toll booth turn into an impromptu breakfast stop. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? It's hard to beat any size McCafe iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. But pairing it with the new cheese danish is a good way to try. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.